Well, hello there, and welcome to episode four of Doom Time. And um, it's no longer me rambling about personal problems. We've introduced you to my good friend Spitfly. How's it going, guys? The good old Aussie man. Um, I think the easiest way for me to introduce you is basically that we met a very long time ago. I don't recall if it was, was it TeamSpeak? Um, it probably was. It was probably through the Gentleman's Hanger, actually. Yeah, the Gentleman's like, Hanger. It's a bit, uh, oh, mm. it, was, um, it was a long, long time ago. And then we moved to Skype and the whole moderating team blew up. And mm-hmm. you're probably most known for being the guy who edited and created the highlights compilation for my stream. Yeah, yeah, actually, at, at least among uh, the moderators, the lot of us, that and, and Bacon being the other one that was really notorious. But um, uh, yeah, honestly, I thought I'd just give it a go. I thought, you know what, it's some content that I could make. I had a really crappy laptop at the time, and now I've got like top of the range. But um, yeah, it was just like just something I could do, something I could make content on, maybe, you know, get some sort of notoriety, if you will. And um in the end, I ended up basically creating a whole archive of like interesting or funny moments. Um, looking back on it, the editing's a bit dated and rubbish, but um, you know, you learn and you grow. But the highlights are just so so cool to go back and look out on now. It's been like like seven years, so this is really starting to be like archival footage, and it's it's just up there, like so cool. Yeah, it's it's insane how quickly time actually passed. Um, I, I too sometimes go back and look at the clips just sort of to reminisce mm. and, and you know look at how foolish I used to be and and how childish I guess the whole aspect looks like when you when you start growing up and all the jokes, but it brings back this this sort of livelihood of of how you know maybe more relaxed life was back then when you still don't have the uh, responsibilities of adulthood. Uh, but it's for me, it was wonderful because I really think what you managed to do is sort of you killed two birds with one stone, right? You were able to yeah. practice your your editing game, and and at the same time, it also was um, a way for you to gain, like I said, notoriety, right? You got you got to create traction on your own channel, which has now led you to, I believe, you have more subscribers than me at this point, right? Yeah, we're currently sitting at sixty three thousand subscribers. I'd I'd love to get to a hundred k, but like. You know, slow steps. Honestly, um, it was just it was just good. It's just good to do something, just to learn something new, and um, I guess something to to sort of grow on, right? Um, you look back, and and I say this to myself every so often. If you don't look back at yourself every five years and cringe a little bit, it means that you haven't grown at all. So you basically need to improve to the point where you're getting like cringy at you're, you're like cringing at your old antics and your old uh self because like you, that's how much you've evolved that you would look at someone who does the same thing and go oh my god i would never want to be like them absolutely i think that hits the hits the nail on the spot it reminds me of that adage yeah. i think it's uh compare yourself to who you were yesterday right and and sort of try to yeah. always be better and, and and stronger absolutely all the all the struggles that you go through through life and, and like even if you live a fairly cushy life like um i grew up middle class like i am working a pretty good paying job um, i have plenty of money it's just like you'll still come across problems there'll, there'll still be something that like 
really cuts you deep and mm-hmm. and learning to to bounce back from that and seeing like oh all these years ago i got you know upset over i don't know some exam that i got scored poorly in or something like that and um how much more resilient you are now it really does those, those moments like define you in your growth as a person it's so good yeah this this actually makes you want to prompt a, an impromptu question in fact which is because we, we've all been in a position where we've either been bullied in school or we were the bullies. I think yeah. most people have sort of played both roles to a certain extent. And yeah. for me, I noticed that when I was on the internet, um, especially with my sort of notoriety, I think, you know, some people might even say I was like the Andrew Tate of Warthunder or some, something like that, because I was all over the I place. would say so, yeah. Yeah, you know. And, yeah. And I, I think it, on one hand, it falls down to having to play a character, which was also one of the reasons which helped me develop the accent, because you have to move yourself out from your life. And I think most of us do that. If Maybe in Warthunder it was harder to do, but like role-playing games are popular for this exact reason. Mm. People are able to escape their everyday life and become a different version of themselves, a supposedly better or happier version. And it... Yeah, but it, even even just in video games in general, mm-hmm. like you, you get to be a fighter pilot in Warthunder or in RuneScape you get to be some epic guy that like goes around questing and... Yeah, slays and dragons like, and literally like you, you like got all this cool stuff um in in some games like you just amass so much wealth in the game and you're like oh or like you're a, you're an empire builder like all these sorts of things it's it's all a form of escapism right mm-hmm. but i also think that it, it builds character it builds that skin because when i was going through mm-hmm. you know i guess primary school i was i want to say like soft bullied in high school yeah. i didn't really care and I might have been one of the guys who actually did some of the bullying. And then when I was online, I realized that you're suddenly protected by the law of anonymity because you have whatever yes. username and you can attack whomever, mm. however you like. And yeah. because of my character, I didn't. it didn't really get to me, I feel. There were maybe a few moments, right? Like one, mm. one thing I recall is the, the Ego Boy video, actually, that Bookends made because uh, it came out... Yeah. Because that was it was it was a horror moment for me because it was a New Year's. I woke up on the first of January. I was you know completely slushed from all the partying the other day, and the guy had uploaded a video which was so well made, you know, kudos to him, but so specific at attacking me that it. it mm-hmm. I think that one was one of the first moments, or at least one that I recall today, that got to me, that made me yeah. like, oh, you know, made me irksome almost. Um. But it helps develop that skin, you know, on on, on Twitch, yeah. there was a lot of that live attacking going on, YouTube comments. And it, I think we've become... With YouTube comments, it's it's easy, right? Like, you just you mm-hmm. just ignore it. But with YouTube... Uh, sorry, with Twitch, with it live, with it in the moment, it's harder to just step away and put it down. But, I mean, it's also the problem. So, you know how you, you read YouTube comments and you have, like, 10 guys you know, all positive, like it's a great video, make more. Then you find that one yes. comment that's bad and you focus on that comment so vehemently mm-hmm. that it just discourages you from from making more content. Yeah, well, um, actually one of my very first videos, so I had this really bad laptop. Um, I don't even know what year it was from. Um, I'm pretty sure it had like a, it was, a, it was either a single core or a two core laptop CPU. It had four gig of RAM. It was so bad. Um, but I could record it like ULQ at 30 FPS and it was great. It was all I wanted. Um, 
and I uploaded this montage. I think it's still up there somewhere. Um, and it's got like some rubbishy kills. Um, and someone literally said like, why are you making content? This is terrible. Like, just don't make content. And it, and it's one of the first really like rough comments that cut you deep. But then you look at down the line, like where I am now, where people say, some, sometimes they might say something similar, right? You, you just, you, you build that resilience and you understand that these people are sort of working on the, on the face of anonymity. They're, they're, they actually don't have any repercussions from this. There's no teacher to, to give them a detention or no parents to give them some sort of discipline. Um, it, it's like you understand that, you know, maybe, maybe you were that kid at one point and, you know, you've grown to the point where you just sort of wince or cringe that, hey, at least that's not me anymore. Um, and that growth is, is so important. It's so, so forming um, for a lot of content creators. But I suppose it would also be in a, in a similar way on, in, in real life, like just in the street or that sort of, sort of applying that restraint um, to, to not just like go all in and just deck the shit out of someone because they mm -hmm. said something. It's sort of that, that ability to learn and grow that's really powerful and really important. And, um, you know, it's, it's so good. I love it. It's just very Im important to do. Would you, would you say that that first comment, which, you know, would discourage most people, would you say that it yeah. in a way gave you the fire that was required? Because I notice sometimes, you know, you talk to friends or even family sometimes and you have an idea, right? You're full of ideas. You're like, I want to do something. Mm -hmm. so it could be a project, could be business. Um, and often enough, they will stop at the first problem they encounter, right? And they'll, they'll give you something that's like, oh, it's never going to work because of this. You're never going to succeed because of, of, of all these reasons. Yeah. And sometimes I feel that when people do that, there's a select few individuals who are capable of looking beyond that and saying, no, I'm going to make this work. Like in spite of everything you say, just mm -hmm. to prove you wrong, I'll make it work. Uh, because I think I've had many moments you now where people people said you, would, you wouldn't succeed or you wouldn't develop your English to a certain level. Uh, you're not going to become good at War Thunder. And if you take those things at face value and you believe them and that becomes your sort of subconsciousness, I think then you're actually destined to fail, right? But if you if you take it and yep. sort of use it as flame, because I think I can't speak for women, right? I don't want to be sexist here, but I think men, we really develop ourselves through these adversities, through the hardest of times. You know, I had a really good conversation with, uh, with Cosa the other day. Uh, mm -hmm. I also want to have him on the podcast. And he, he and I were, were talking a lot about how, you know, it takes those, it's the biggest of lows that we experience that create the, the best version of ourselves, you know, and you look back and you think, wow, you know, how much progress I've made, you know, exactly how you were talking about how mm -hmm. you always try to compare yourself to the person you were five years b uh, back and you mm -hmm. always want to see yeah. that progress. And if anything, I often feel like I'm not progressing enough. Like even right now I've, you know, it's January, it's the new year. I've been grinding really, really hard for what, 21 days now. And I still feel like it's not enough. And I don't think of it in a bad way, but as in, it's great that I'm making progress, but I even want yeah. to make more. Like, I don't want to just reach, you know, a checkpoint and then be like, mm. okay, I'm going to stay here for another year and then make another, another step. Like, you yeah. have to keep it's, on. It's just motivation to mm -hmm. sort of continue to get better, isn't it? Yeah. It, 
and you, you're absolutely right about those. So those sort of crucial defining moments, those toughest, toughest moments, they, they really do. They, um, encourage you. So, or at least they give you the momentum to sort of swing back. And then when you swing back and you follow through, that's when you develop your growth. Like, um, think about, think about, uh, like an olive branch. So my, sorry, not olive, um, uh, grapevine, my, my dad's got some grapevines, right. And, um, the way that you encourage the best growth is you cut down every last branch, except the strongest two. And then the strongest two are the ones that go on to be the most fruitful. So, uh, you, you break, you break a human down into their two smallest parts. And then from there you go and make something really, really beautiful. Like, and it's, and that, that trimming hurts. That, that trimming is something that you like really have to, to bear, just grin and bear through. Um, and it's so hard, especially if you don't have a support structure around you, you'll, you'll fall over. Um, but you know, if you, if you can just so, sort of proceed through that, you actually find that you'll come up on the other side a lot better than you originally were. That's a really, really good comparison. Um, mm. Yeah, you have to be, you know, I always say that in order to form clay, you have to soften it, you know, to to create a sword, you have to first yeah. temper with the metal. And and in fact, you have to temper with the metal several times because I know yeah. for me, I went through, you know, several sort of these hardships in life. And every time you think you're mm. sort of out of the, the, the darkness, nah, it's still there, right? It's always sort of lingering yeah. in the background and it, it should. You, I, don't, I don't think that you should ever really feel 100% comfortable because that comfort creates complacency and at that point you stop growing. Yeah, now, absolutely. Yeah, and if you're like, okay, if you're like, you know, 70, 80 years old, then I guess at that point I can afford to be complacent. But, you know, yeah. in your early 20s, late 20s, even early 30s, as a man, you have to constantly sort of strive for that next big thing. Um, and yeah. And I think... I don't know how you're perceiving life at the moment. Um, obviously, mm. you have a career which you're very well settled in, and I, yeah, I, I assume you're quite happy with with where you are, with the direction in which you're headed. Um, yeah. yeah. Me, on the other hand, I'm sort of, um, I've always been a character which likes trying different things. I feel like I have to, you know, tip my toe in every single type of swimming pool to figure out which one's really for me. Mm -hmm. And in the process of doing that, you start asking yourself those, I guess, important questions. You know, what am I good at? What like what do I see myself doing in several years? And often what I saw happen was that people would find something they would ultimately want to do. And then, mm -hmm. you know, they would stop at the first reason why they can't do it. And I spoke to many friends, I spoke to, to some family members and they, they all encountered the same, I guess, obstacle. And that is the, the lack of will to go, you know, one step beyond to do what's, I guess, perceived as impossible. Um, and that yeah. reminds me of that, you know, my story of War Thunder, because when I started making content, this is back when we would still talk on Skype and I met this one kid, he was from Israel, um, I think it was, I think his name was Daniel, and me and him had this brilliant idea, this was back in, I want to say 2016, of like creating a, um, you know, a YouTube channel or something, like, it was, I think that's when the idea started, because every kid wants to be a YouTuber, right? Every kid wants to, wants that oh, yeah. dream of yeah. not having a regular job and they can just make content online, get rich. It's right? the, it's the fame and the playing games really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like an easy life, but fuck. No. Like if, if you want to do YouTube, it's 12 hour days mm -hmm. every day, 
or you fall behind. And then when you fall behind, you haven't got afternoon shift to come and pick up your uh, your leftovers. No. You have to be the one to do it. So it's I mean, just, there are, it's just so grueling. I'd say some people have had a lot of, I, I, I hate using the word luck, but they had mm. um, fortune with, you know, when they started making content, how things sort of picked up. But even then, I always have feared that a YouTube channel is, there are very few, I want to say percentage-wise, probably, you know, the 0.01% yeah. that they can do it throughout their life. Because the span of a YouTube life, I think, if you were to draw some type of a, a graph, you know, it reaches a peak and then it just starts to stagnate. That's why you see so many channels which have millions of subscribers, but then they get maybe, you know, 10, 15,000 views. And whilst mm. they'll still be able to pull some income, um, I think there comes a time where they have to start diversifying into other sorts of, uh, of of streams, you know, whether that's getting a regular job or uh, playing yeah. investments, starting a business, which isn't to say it's bad, but it um, it creates the question of how far can you go with with just YouTube? Like, where does it where does it yeah. end? I think if you've got a certain personality type, like these are the types of people that are like built for TV. Mm -hmm. um, you, you'll see it. There, there are certain people that are just sort of, they have the charisma, they have the personality for TV um, and they just like endure through the years like uh, Markiplier and PewDiePie. They're, they're two of the big ones that I can think of. But most people don't have that level of charisma. Like most people, like I don't think I have that level of charisma. I, I don't think I could do YouTube for 20, 30 years. I honestly think I would just want to move on to something more quiet. Um, but like, a lot of people come in with this aspiration and aspiration's good, but there's no um, understanding that it takes a lot more effort than they think. And these people sort of fall down, like you said earlier, at the first hurdle. And mm -hmm. when you do that, it's pretty much, if you don't get up, then you're screwed. You, you don't get anywhere. Um, and I think that's where, you, one of the reasons why you end up with like 1% of YouTubers just absolutely creaming it and the rest are just like not even making minimum wage. Like my YouTube channel still does not make minimum wage. Um, but, you know, this is something that I do for fun. But if you wanted to do it as a career and you had the output that I had, it, you would be screwed. And that's about mm, four hours a day, maybe five hours a day. Um, you'd be working really hard just to make ends meet. They don't. They don't see the numbers that go into it. You know, even I didn't see the numbers until I realized ten thousand oh, hours yeah. in just War Thunder, and that's excluding the time spent, you know, learning how to do Photoshop, Premiere Pro, Adobe After Effects, writing all the descriptions, creating all this, all the thumbnails mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, a, a lot goes into it. Not to mention, yeah, you know, nowadays you have to, at least to a certain level, master um, search engine optimization. What keywords you're using, what the target audience is. Yeah, um, you've got these shadow bans happening. You've got to watch for demonetizations. Mm -hmm. You have to not curse. Um, would you say that the accessibility of YouTube, in the sense that nowadays anybody can make content, because you know even your phones is good enough. It's no longer mm -hmm. that shitty laptop you have. Would you say that this accessibility, which has allowed everyone to make content, is a net good or a net bad? I think it's a double-edged sword. Um, I, I look at TikTok as the primary double-edged sword. Now, literally any, everyone has a phone, even 14-year-olds and 10-year-olds. So I do, so some of my shifts are at a children's hospital and I see four and five, no, three and two-year-olds scrolling TikTok. Like 
um, it's accessible to everyone and everyone who can make a TikTok, uh, like basically everyone who can stand and dance around can make a TikTok. So um, there are there are some people that really put that to good use. There's one guy um, who talks about military strategy. Um, there's a guy that I really like who covers like some weird, odd, obscure facts about things. Um, and these are all in bite-sized minute long chunks. Uh, there's a there's a lady that does like um, discussion about lakes and bodies of water and um, where they come from or all these like weird things that I never would have even considered. Um, but then on the other side, you just have a, a vehicle for people that are in a bad place to drive themselves further into the ground because the people that are one consuming this content um, might well, well the algorithm will draw them into more and more extremes um like you watch one andrew tate video and then all of a sudden you get uh you, like all these tiktoks that are like europe is for white people and things like that like that's not what that's not what i was after i was just after seeing someone controversial like show me some 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 more controversy mm -hmm. not not white nationalist stuff um and then it goes the other way as well like not politically but emotionally where you have people that are really depressed and it just you just end up with them wallowing in their own self-pity so whilst there is so much of a vehicle for for good it's it's what you make of it and of course um people who aren't as sort of emotionally um like together people people who are like struggling a little bit will find it to be a tool for evil like my colleagues um a lot of the the women have struggle with body image. They're like in their mid thirties and they're struggling with their body image because their their body's slowly degrading. And um, you know, a lot of a lot of what a especially a, a lady like basically looks at their at their body and and sees um, that as their vehicle to sort of sustain a mate. Mm -hmm. um, it it's really hard for them and and they found that with instagram like all these models with all this clothing and everything um it was actually making them more depressed so they just deleted instagram and they're like they come in and they're like smiling and i'm like oh my god you look so much better than you did two weeks ago you're like you actually look happier um and it, and it actually makes you light up the room so so it is it's a vehicle of good but it's also a vehicle of evil or mm -hmm. it's it's that double-edged sword so um it's whatever you make of it now with your content like i think you made an interesting sort of niche it was like how do i how do i use this plane to get better how do i improve myself um it, is that sort of what you were going for or how did you try and approach video content like what was your ethos your your primary drive it's hmm, a really good question i think you know when i started it was just about i just wanted to make some type of video and then I realized there was, you know, I think it was like the, the how to fly sim with mouse. It was one of those videos mm -hmm. that to this day is still one of the most successful ones. Um, I realized there was people asking for, for how to, because I think people, and not just in video games, but in life in general, they're looking mm -hmm. for some sort of um, step by step. Yes. They're looking for a guide, whether this Guidance. is, you know, how to use Tinder, how to start a business, anything. They always want a step-by-step -step guide. Like, if we've worked for him, it's going to work for me. And the problem that that started was that as I was spending more time playing, as I was getting better, um, I realized that there was a... There was a... 
I don't know if this discongruence is a word, but it's what, what comes to mind is between what the game developer was doing, what the gamer was doing, the average player, mm-hmm. and what was the net good, right? Because people yes. people can hate me for all they want, but I know, I'm, I'm convinced of it, I'll take it to my grave, that if me and the ideas of a couple of other content creators, which at the time we were trying to make a change, uh, you know, the dream job that I wanted to have, it wasn't to be a content creator. I actually really wanted to be a consultant for them. I wanted to be the guy mm-hmm. in the shadows who would, I just wanted to filter. So like, you know, Gaijin would be like, let's say Gaijin as a company would say, we want more money, right? And then you'd look at what the community wants and then you'd have this, let's say 10 people who are in the elite of the game. You're, you're talking, take a guy from the best Julian community, take a guy from the who's best at arcade, you know, so specialists in their own fields yeah, and use them as a, firewall between Mm -hmm. all the content that comes through because what i what i saw happen is that i would sit there with thousands of hours of gameplay and then i would be contradicted by a guy who started playing two weeks ago and you have a limited amount of moderators in this game and this limited amount of moderators i think at some point it was just like stoner or whatever the guy's name was like one dude reading reading all the suggestions the forums and he doesn't have time to play the game, you know, he's, so like, I, I'll never forget, I think it was the Arado B2, the one with no guns, just three bombs, that's yep. it. And there was, he was reading some suggestions on it, and I, I looked up his stats, and I realized that, so the guy who was the firewall between the information that comes from the community to, to Gaijin uh, was collecting this information in a, for a plane, which he flew like two times, <laughs> right? And it was, and I felt bad for, in all aspects because he's not a bad person it's just he's got a job where he's being bombarded with information and he has to make choices and there's no way for him to make good choices so Mm -hmm. my dream was that we would work as some sort of um you know net good this firewall where the information that was coming from the community would be filtered by us and then we could create you know like a a google doc or something where we would combine the greatest ideas and that failed. It failed miserably, in fact. And I went as far as to contact Anton at the time, the CEO. Yeah, um, I remember that. I was, I was, I was. I guess I was doing nuclear option. I mean, it, it reminds me of how mm-hmm. you know you you go through a breakup and then you try to get the girl back and you just do everything, all the wrong things, but you just because you're trying to do something that's yep. genuinely good, it, but you're not thinking desperation, straight. right? Yeah, it's 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 complete desperation. Um. And I realized that that wasn't working, that, mm-hmm. you know, the good cop technique wasn't going to go through. Because um, I, I think I was in Greece with my family, uh, leeching off of mm-hmm. the um, internet in the lobby, having a Discord call <laughs> with a few moderators. And I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, this is, I've got nothing there, no computer, no, no piece of paper, and I'm listing battle ratings from the top of my head, like where they have to change, you know, put the P47 or the P51 from 4.3 to 4.7. And as I'm talking to this moderator, I realize that he has no idea what I'm talking about. I'm thinking, how am I supposed to get the information ah. through when, when the guy that's currently the firewall you know, doesn't yeah. know what he's doing? It's like if you have a problem with your computer and you're calling up the support service and the support service you know, doesn't have the info, then you're stuck. Yeah. And so I looked for the alternative, well, and the alternative for me was really to go I, do the nuclear option again, which would also benefit the channel, and that was mm-hmm. to be controversial. You know, to start, and, and frankly, that was the most fun I ever had. I think it was 2019 when I was, yeah. already like, I've quit the game. I didn't really care for it. And I was just, 
you know, E100 and mouse and mm. this and just, I was... Ferdinand. Yeah, I was shitting on them. Yeah. I was like, you know, and I was enjoying it. In fact, I if I still made content, that would be the type of content I'd make because I wanted, yeah, well, I wanted to inspire a change. I wanted to inspire people to start thinking with their own head. Um, and even though it got a lot of people, you know, vocal, nothing really ultimately happened. And that's that's when I decided that it wasn't worth my time because if I was if this was my livelihood perhaps but I realized this wasn't going to be my livelihood at the moment that I realized that the dream of working with this company wasn't mm -hmm. going to come to tuition yeah now, some got I guess lucky Oxy and, and Mike goes boom right they now work for Gaijin um, albeit they work yeah, for so Gaijin Copsy. yeah oh Copsy too Wonderful. yeah yeah um, and Pandro as well uh, would they do, probably do tournaments or is it Pandromoto, he's doing, um, the... so Pandro's doing uh, like video content. Mm -hmm. um, he's doing uh, like cinematics, like full on. Apparently he's working on something super complicated at the moment. Um, uh, Copsy's doing like, he's liaising with the content creators. Um, Oxy's doing like video production and sort of content creator liaison. And um, Mike is like managing that area. So he's So he's actually in a fairly like well-standing position. Um, it's quite quite incredible to see these guys like do something interesting with their lives. Yeah. But yeah, they're actually like, they're actually working for Gaijin, but they've picked um, certain peoples and certain roles that sort of don't really question the the core aspects of the game. Because like I said to, I said to Oxy, I was like, why is the, so the MiG-21 F, uh, it's like supersonic, but it's a, one battle rating 9.3 uh so it's one spot above the mig 17 but it is like fast as um it's got really good low speed handling until a certain point where it just like drops out of the sky um but then like why is it so low and he said well because the average player struggles to play it <laughs> and i thought to myself like why are you making the game for the average player shouldn't you be making it for the better player but it seems like Gaijin have their have their mind sort of set in stone as to where and who they want to target the game to, and I I honestly think it's whales. But you know, what? like people with loads of cash to just buy the next premium. It's it's, um, it's ironic because I just just yesterday I was reading uh, this book called Think and Grow Rich, and I was just going through a paragraph which described the, the difference of how the person who's in charge of the market today is the mm -hmm. customer. Like it was talking about how in the old days, like if you came let's say to the gas station, right, to get to, to pump gas, you have to wait yeah. for the guy to come and to, to give you the gas. If you went to the grocery store, you'd have to wait. Like the customer wasn't yep. in the forefront, right? You would come to the establishment, but you weren't, you know, treated like a king. You were sort of, you're just another person. In fact, yeah. you're wait, the one who's in demand of my content. You're going to wait. Yes. All right, this is my shop. I'm currently talking mm -hmm. to, I don't know, my sister, who's in the shop with me because she's she yeah. also owns it. And you're going to wait. And you're going to wait five minutes if you have to, right? And this shifted to where the customer is always right. And the customer always has to be. And the customer dictates where things go. And I think this this is where now that I'm older, I can't necessarily say, you know, oh, Gaijin is in the wrong, right? Because then they're, 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 they're serving their best interests. Exactly, yeah. But mm. that said, I do think that the way the game had developed... Um, could have a lot more potency if it was, you know, if we, if my dream at least was that the 
primary source of income for the game would be through skins. So similar to the way, I think League of Legends does it this way, many games, uh, yep. Fortnite, whatever. Um, so that what yeah, you're paying for... Mostly cosmetics. Yeah, cosmetics. So what you're paying for isn't changing the performance of the in-game stuff. Um, but it was, mm -hmm. you know, the, I think the rate at which we were getting the information through compared to the rate at which things were changing was just so incongruent, I think it was never going to come to to fruition, but mm -hmm. we tried. So I, I, I see a lot of people like with the same attitude um, and, it, and Gaijin's just, I think they're just Soviet in the thinking where they're mm -hmm. just um, very like, it's the, it's the um, leader's way or the, or the highway or the gulag rather. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think that like customer is always right thing is nothing but a facade. Um, at the end of the day, do the companies have the customer as their best interest? Not really. Uh, the customer is more a means to an end. Um, I saw this like, because I used to work at a supermarket here in Australia, um, one of the big ones, and I used to pack shelves. And um, at one point, the, the wage, I think the wages went up or um, something else happened where they were like, oh, we don't really have the money to put like shelf packers, uh, as many shelf packers on. So we just won't face the, the shelves. Like we won't like make the store all pretty and neat and organized. We'll just like whatever goes on the shelf goes on the shelf. It doesn't have to be pulled to the front, rotated, nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so like you, you see that and then you also see like all these larger um, larger and larger organizations just like buying up heaps of land and using that for mass farming and just like spraying it with whatever doesn't give a sh like doesn't give a damn. Um, and they're just like mass producing things for higher profit margins. They don't actually have the customer's best intentions, which is to get a wholesome, uh, like satiating meal. It, it, same goes for fast food as well, but particularly fast food. It's like they have more sugar and salt in them. They mm -hmm. just like heart attack on a stick. And then they serve a, a, a customer base that is in more and more uneducated because they, like, they, they just don't understand or un, are unable to like motivate themselves to change their ways um, because of the price and convenience. Like these guys do that. And, and I think Gaijin does the same. They've realized, Hey, we can charge $70 for a reskinned MIG 23 that is premium. And they do. And I've, I've got the stats here from, uh, from my affiliate link. And cause they give you like a little number breakdown. Mm -hmm. um, and the last time I checked it, it was like absolutely bonkers. It was, uh, just insane. I've got I've got last month's as well, and and that was really really high too. And they were the they were the pre-orders. So it tells you but how like many people have purchased it. Uh, under with your affiliate link, yeah. Damn. Um, I I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the number, um, but some of them are in the double digits. And like, that's just that's just your affiliate link, which means that if you put together all the affiliate links from all the content creators plus all the non-affiliate links, you probably get into the. Yeah, potentially four-digit numbers. I'd assume Anton's buying a new super yacht for sure. Yeah. Like, that there's a lot of money. The last two months have been very, very strong because they just. But I think yeah. it's, it's also kind of scary for Gaijin because I think at the same time they have to create so much content, and even beyond the reskins, they have to. Con I think the developers must be, you know, so over their heads with the amount of work they have, because they yeah. We're now in this hype economy, right? Which it's all, mm -hmm. they have to, every month that you got to come up with something new and fancier and shiny. Otherwise, 
you know. Yeah, world. you lose interest because yeah. the the market the market is very saturated with games. There are lots and lots of video games you can play. Actually, you just any individual just needs to go and look at their Steam list and just see the games they've got installed. I would probably so my Steam list is like 66 games. I don't really play many games very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there are some games that sap my time and and without realizing I've put in like triple digit hours in a two or three week period. Like these games all need to compete and that's why they've all got a battle pass and daily rewards and um, all these sorts of things just to sort of keep your attention. Um, and it's and it's kind of sad because it, it takes away what a, a good game actually is. And War Thunder just like has a really good balance of mouse aimed arcadiness, but like realistic enough flight models. I say enough because there's currently some hot debate about the F-16 and the MiG-29's flight models. Um, they're like the, the F-16 has fly-by-wire and it had in real life like a nine or 10 G or AOA limit or something like that. Um, so that you couldn't like over pull and like pull the plane out of the sky um, or also like pull your brains out of your, out of your feet. Um, but like this, this type of stuff, like it's a really good base game. Um, but because of the saturated market, they've, I, I feel like part of it is that saturated market. They've had to just um, like throw in so much content just to sort of stay competitive and stay relevant. And it is. It's so sad because there's so much that could be done with this game. There's so that's, much. That's what because I, I think people might might be of the opinion that I sort of hate Warthen or a thing that it's somehow inferior. I think it was one of the greatest games of all time because what they is had it like was, um, like a disappointed father almost. Because <laughs> some, sometimes I feel that way with War Thunder. I think it's just the case of unfulfilled potential. You know, it's where you see mm-hmm. the potential in something or someone. Um, yeah, and I think the core place where it failed for me was that it was it, it failed on on Twitch, for example. It just it never got mm-hmm. the recognition. Even nowadays, when the official channel streams, they don't pull the viewers you'd expect. Um, mm. And I hate talking about well, numbers, you know, but I think an official War Thunder stream, if War Thunder was a game that it could have become. It should be, you know, in the five digits. Yeah. And, yeah. And it had the potential to be an esports success. Um, and what was so brilliant about War Thunder, and it goes unnoticed, is that the average online game today teaches you nothing. But War Thunder is based off of history. So you are actually teaching people something about history. And yet, yeah. the irony, I think, is that the, you know, what I consider the, the very core of the game. Um, you remember the pop-up invite link for friends? Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'd be willing to reduce bet that. they reduced it. Like the the appearance? they reduced. No, the um, the the amount that you get. So there's, I, I think they so made the golden eagles it, amount. <laughs> yeah, but I I have a feeling that's also because they added like they've got rank eight now. So, um, like to get to rank five, it's not really that hard. Oh, like, that's right. You you remember how you used to have to grind for a week and then you could finally get go from like your MiG nine to your MiG fifteen non bis or something like yeah. that. Um, it's now like so when the Swedish tree came out, 
Um, I took the J35D. Um, I got, oh, how, how far up did I get? Oh, no, it wasn't. It was the J29D. It was like a, a it's very similar to the MiG-15. It's got good energy so retention. What, like, a, like a tier um, six premium, I would assume. It was, it was rank five. Okay. Um, because, so it, it's basically like a bit slower than a MiG-15 non-BIS. It pulls like, like a Hunter below 800. Um, but it's got Aidens and it's got really decent energy retention. So it was like, it was kind of cool. It was a bit, it was like a hybrid of all of the jets. It was just really interesting to fly. Um, but it was tough. It wasn't easy to fly. Um, but I managed in five hours to get to rank five. Jesus, five hours. I think I streamed it. I think I streamed it. Um, and, and this is a tree that you had to like grind all the way through every last piece. So um, like you couldn't just go up one line or two lines mm -hmm. and call it a day. You had to like get everything. It's it's really not as hard as it used to be to get to rank five. So um, that being said, it's a shame they nerfed the rewards because they've they've consistently tried to do it. And it's like... It's like there, there's an active uh, desire to make it harder for people. And the people that are already there will just sort of get fed up with it. And well, it's, I, I, it the way I because... feel it, it's, this, this, it's completely discouraging people from even attempting the whole free-to-play aspect, you know, or um, I guess grinding Yeah, it encourages whole, them to pay. And it loses that, the thing we, which we had, which was biplanes and arcade. Because and, uh, mm -hmm. those are still also my favorite, you know, video memories from... Mighty Jingles, Fly, Antac, you know. Um, but also, I don't know if you remember, there's a, there's a thing called, I think it's a historical campaign, which yeah. was part of the... So back in the day, there were like five or six packs you could buy. Uh, it was like one yeah, for each nation. They're still there. Yeah, but it was like one for each nation and one that was a, mm. a, a, a combination of them all. And it included, yeah. among other things, the... Um, I think it was the... A6M2, so the 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 Corizon that you get yeah. with the it, Americans. It might be the A6M5 Otsu, I think. Well, um, it, it, it was a later zero. It's it's like an insanely good SL grinder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, you got mm. you got a Japanese plane and an American plane, uh, some other yeah. stuff, and and the historical campaign, which was mm. well, it was pretty crappy back then. I would assume it's still crappy it's, today because they haven't changed it but it it's was very lame you know but yeah. it was it was made to sort of teach you supposedly teach you how mm -hmm. i don't know uh, attack on pearl harbor went and yeah. and that was something that you know back then i was thinking maybe naively so that the future of the game would also create some sort of a game mode where you know one team would be defending pearl harbor and one team would be attacking pearl harbor and it would be like a recreation yeah. of that maybe you've, i even thought sim would be a because when i think simulator i don't just think that you need a joystick and it's all like you know mm -hmm. realistic but in the sense that it's also simulating the history a real conflict never, yeah and we never got that i think that would have been a mm. wonderful wonderful way to yeah we like kind of got that with world war mode but world war mode was like um basically you had a tactical map and you have your three or two or three squadron commanders and or, or two two commanders and a leader or something like that um and all of them are capable of moving like these individual chess pieces around a map and then when two 
when the red and the blue collide, you basically get a, a match and it plays out like a normal War Thunder match on a normal War Thunder map. Um, but there are like very specific objectives. It's it's okay, um, but but you need a squadron and like back in the day, basically like all the old um, like think uh, you remember Revy, mm-hmm. um, like Eurus, all these old guys just like jumped onto TeamSpeak, and there were like thirty of us in this one squadron um, on rotation. By the way, so like if someone got out, someone would come back in. Um, and we just like played the shit out of it for about 20 hours. Like there, uh, from, it's, from when it started until it stopped, there was always someone online and there were always lobbies being filled. And that was the only way to play it because it was just, it was just tough to get into. Whereas like an EC, um, that you just drop in and drop out of would be just perfect. It would just be so good. Um, but unfortunately like Gaijin have developed it very slowly, but it's just, I don't know. There's there are too many pieces of the puzzle missing for it to be a full, full thing. It's it's just just wasted potential again. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the problems of how they've done development. Always is it almost feels like when the thing gets released, that's when the beta testing actually happens. And yeah, because you're beta testing with live players, because you have to assume that the average player is an absolute moron. He's the guy yeah. who's going to be giving you feedback, and he's also the guy they're basing the numbers off. The numbers which you've mm-hmm. mentioned is what they use to balance vehicles, and that's you know. Yeah. It, it also it's I said this before. One of the fundamental flaws that Warthamer had has is that they keep changing values of let's say a gun. Because look, if you're going to build a realistic game, then a fifty cal is a fifty cal, and so fifty yes. cal damage today, fifty cal in five years from now and five years before should have the same damage output. And that means that you. Yeah. it's also, at least in my mind, maybe I'm, I'm not thinking straight, but that should be easier for the developer because they only have to set the value once and then leave it, never touch it again. Well, they've kind of, they've kind of standardized it now. Um, basically, they use a, a formula. Instead of going off penetration values on a spreadsheet or like on an old data sheet, mm-hmm. um, they they actually found that like the Russians and the Americans had different um, definitions of a shell penetration. Um, I can't remember exactly what they are, but at the end of the day, this affected the values of the shell penetration. Um, what they what they did was they used this uh, like Demar formula or something like that, um, where they like take the the like original kinetic energy like as soon as the as soon as the gunpowder is ignited or something like that. And then as soon as it leaves the barrel, um, or I, I can't quite remember the specifics, but they standardized it. And it's actually like, for once, they are like not doing that as often as they used to. It's so, so good because like, you're right, a 50 cal wasn't always a 50 cal. Some days it was a 20 mil and some days it was a, a 303. Yeah. And now it actually feels like it's got some punch to it. Um, they are still like doing things with missiles that are a little strange. Like some of the missiles are, they, they come to the game a little bit weaker or a little bit funny um, or that they, they might have a bug or two, um, but then they eventually strengthen them over time. That's one thing that they do. That's a bit weird, but otherwise like the game has improved in, in some respects in the, in the quality area. Um, and I think that like, it's so slow. It's just how how can they like 
forward the game if it's going at a snail's pace pardon to use the pun but like is is that one of the things that drove it's quite, you away quite ironic from with the, the game? with the poster in your background as well <laughs> yeah so uh fun fact about this poster you can see like these little white bits here they're signatures of the lead devs all these little things here yeah. it's so cool like like it's yeah they sold a hundred of them or was it a hundred or a thousand I think it was a thousand, but I can't remember. Um, I managed to get like one of the first ones because I sat on refresh for an hour and a half because the store had an error. It was like this, the store's going live at this time and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I've got to get up for work. I've got to get up for work. I can't stay awake for this much longer. Um, and then I sent one of the store guys a message. I'm like, is there an issue with this? Like, I can't, I can't refresh it. And yeah, they were working on an issue. So... Um, I, I did stay up a copiously long time to get this poster, but um, it's a reminder of like everything, absolutely everything that's happened in the past, like seven or eight years of playing War Thunder, like all the people I've met, all the things I've done, um, all the like great events and, and kills and losses. And like um, there was one weekend where I sat in and participated with like Fly and like Scottish Koala and Smi maybe Smin Um and a few others, we were like, like there were 60 of us in a team speak, um, like content creators, players, everyone um, doing this like Battle of Britain or like bombing raid event where we would like go up in B-17s. Um, uh, oh, yeah, it must have been like a like bombing raid type thing. Um, and the enemies had like BF-109s and Fokker Wolves. And I think there were some 163s and things like that. It was so cool. It was just like all these memories and it's just encapsulated by, by this. And that's what's, that's why I bought it. That's why it's special. Have you, have you got any memories of that? Like you saw anything tangible or anything like, I mean, I don't know. to be honest, is it's everything from the headphones to the microphone, right? Cause I would have never been able to afford all of that if, if it wasn't for, um, if it wasn't for, for the game and making the content. Oh um, yeah. And, but I think the biggest one, which I didn't realize was so important to me until I was looking for a new job, was was looking for where I want to take my life. And that's my voice. Because this mm -hmm. voice wouldn't exist if it wasn't for War Thunder. Weird as it might sound, it's just, that's why I'll, I hope I'll never delete that video, right? Which is the, the A26 Invader, because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous to see just how much <laughs> progress was made. Um, you, you cringe a little bit don't you absolutely but i also think wow <laughs> that's me you know? yeah and yeah in, in fact right now uh, i'm actually working on a, on a on a project on my own i want to create uh, an online course which which mm -hmm. teach people in four different levels from a beginner to a master um, how to better their english pronunciation because i went through the internet and i scout for all the different you know, online courses and you can find this stuff for free everywhere, but it's so just mixed up and like a, an hour and a half long video of just a person saying cat 50 times over so that you hear the sound. Oh God. And what I realized was that pretty much all these videos were made by native speakers. So you'd have a person who was born and raised in England explaining to you the theory, right? The yeah. IPA, which is the uh, International Phonetic Alphabet, which shows all the, I call them hieroglyphs. And yeah. 
my thought process was the following, right? I asked, I asked myself the question, okay, so let's say I wanted to, as a Slovenian person, born and raised in Slovenia, if I wanted to teach, if I was foreign and I came to Slovenia and I wanted to learn Slovene, I too would mm -hmm. seek a native, right? Because it's, it's the logical thing to do. You find somebody who speaks that language yeah. and you let them teach you. But if I'm in India, for example, and I'm talking to, a, I'm looking at a course from a British person, I am trying to attain something that is really impossible because unless I'm going to move to England mm -hmm. or have truly long conversations, like if I had a conversation like this with a British person for hours on hours every single day for several years, then perhaps it's possible. But I think it's, yeah. it's foolish to assume that you could reach that level without actually going and living in that country and being surrounded by the language mm -hmm. and being forced to use it. So the reason why I'm doing it is because I'm not from England. In fact, I've never been there, right? Never been yeah. to England. And, and I kept getting people saying, oh, are you British? I'm like, no, I've actually never been there. Either that or the Ratatouille guy. Yes, <laughs> that or the Ratatouille guy. Oh, my God. And I thought, you know, I represent the fact that it can be done, that, that it is something that is attainable. And I also want to present some concepts which I have used over the course of creating YouTube videos that maybe mm. are a little bit weird. And I can tell you one of them. Um, I would make words up because, oh, yeah. you know, when, you, when you're speaking in the language that you, you're learning, often you'll stop and you'll try to find the right word. And in the meantime, what you tend to do is you try, tend to, to fill that gap, that void with fillers. So you go, um, yes. Um, and so, not just that it's horrible for the listener because you're giving him all those fillers. What's happening is that you're using those fillers progressively more and they they become part of your subconsciousness. And so the more you use the fillers, the more you're going to use them further and further and further because you're used to, to using those base words. Um, in fact, one really simple thing people can do is they can go into chat, GPT, and they can give it a text and say, give me a word frequency analysis and it will tell you how many hmm. times which word appears. And you'll find that on most texts, the average words that appear the most are the, and, a, on, yes. right? And if you don't know how to pronounce those words correctly, mm -hmm. then you're already in a detriment. And then I looked at the school system. Yeah, because system. it's basic conversation, hey. Yeah, I mean... It's like you master the basics. Yeah, and, and then move on to the bigger things. And I think it 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 helps to learn um, pronunciation as you progress your English. But when I looked at schools, you know, the biggest portion I think was always grammar. It was like just the rules, which is you're studying theory. It's often quite boring, especially yeah. for languages like German. Um, it's just I want to shoot myself in the head doing that. And there are genders to words mm -hmm. that don't have any sense yeah i love it i i won't even try and learn german because of that i just don't care enough <laughs> it is it's horrendous the barrier is too high for injury yeah. <laughs> and the, and the grammar i think shows most in writing also in, mm -hmm. in speech and everything obviously because it is grammar it is a fundamental but it, it's mostly shown in writing and then they give you all these um different comprehensions but i think the the there's there's not enough of focus on reading, listening, and most importantly, speaking. You may mm -hmm. have presentations 
they will tell you to go in groups and have a dialogue and all that. But the sheer amount of effort that's ever put onto pronunciation in schools is almost zero. And that's coming from a person who went to university to study English. And I came there and I realized, holy yeah. crap, they're putting almost no effort on correct pronunciation. They would just whiff mm -hmm. out the big notebook, which is the knowledge, right? All the information. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you go, go and you learn Buster. And I still Regurgitate. Have, yeah, exactly. And I, I still have friends who have, they have um, completed the study. So four years of English. They've got the, the thesis or whatever, the diploma, the, the uh, bachelor's degree, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll have a conversation and they'll say, yeah, it was my birthday. I'm like, oh no, it was your <laughs> what? It was, excuse me? It was your what? Like, it was my birthday. I'm like, fuck me. Oh dear. And I know that it's a little thing. And I know that most people don't yep. hear it or, or it doesn't bother them. But that's, I think mm -hmm. that's where the complacency for that language starts. Because yeah. if you can't say birthday, if you can't produce the sound th, then it's going to start... Then what was the point of going through all those studies? Well, Why did you learn all well, that? Well, English theory? used to have that as a as an actual letter. Like it used, it used to look like a cursive Y, mm -hmm. which is why you see ye oldie pub. It's actually the old pub, but it's a... I think it's called like a than or something like that. I yeah. can't remember. Um, but like, yeah, pronunciation makes the difference. Like w when I was a kid, like mum and dad used to take me to church and you'd get these people that like maybe they grew I think they grew up in the Philippines. They, they're like used to speaking Tagalog and then they come up and they r try and read a passage of like a very old text with very specific English words. And it just sounds jarring. It's tough to listen to. And it's tough to take away that that message that might be in the text mm -hmm. because they just they just can't get the pronunciation. So it sounds like what you're doing is like really, really new and dynamic. Um, but like, how would you how would you market something like that? Because um, marketing marketing is like the big thing. It's, it's a like, really good how do you question. get noticed on YouTube? I, well, to start things off, the first thing I've done is I've I've broken yeah. down the courses into four segments. And mm -hmm. at the moment, the concept is because I'm still working on it and it is a work in progress. And the reason why I feel comfortable talking about it is precisely because I think it's intellectual property that nobody can really steal because it's mine. It's me, right? Mm, um, yeah. They can steal the theory, but they can't steal my concepts because they're in my head. And, and yeah. that's why I've, I've felt comfortable talking to people on, hell, I've spoken to women yeah. on dates. I've, you know, I've, I've discussed this business idea with yeah. others because I know that they can't just steal it. Um, and but, they can't really steal your personal twist to it because you've got you've got a very specific personality type and like very specific way of doing things and and working through mm -hmm. things and i've uh, i've like just noticed that over the years and it's it's too hard to replicate like even even i've given it a go in my content because my my content is essentially inspired by your youtube content just like take the footage walk through it, talk about how it is, and then in the downtime, like, discuss something relevant that might be interesting. And I, think, it's like, I think there's a certain amount of arrogance you require, which I I know can sometimes be a really bad thing, but I also mm -hmm. notice that we're always in the market of selling things. And I realize that it's I... It's confidence. Yeah, and I realize I'd make for a pretty convincing salesman. Um, mm -hmm. The idea that you can just... Because let's, let's say... Um, this one another reason why I want to do this is because 
teaching people how to better pronounce stuff, I, I don't want everybody to speak British English because they won't. But it's about mm -hmm. enticing this confidence that then shows in all languages across that your speech, your body language, all that speaks. Yeah. And it speaks volumes in when you go for a job interview, when you're on a date with a girl, you know, mm -hmm. all of that culminates because I've, I've started doing it and paying more attention to it for the past six or so months. And I've noticed improvements across the board and people behave and react mm -hmm. differently when you're able to, you know, when you have certain words you can use that are a bit more, um, you know, vivid or they paint a certain yeah. image. There's, because why do they you... have more gravitas? That's a they, really they great actually, word. They actually like command authority because yes. they like, oh, someone, someone with lots of knowledge is talking. I better listen. Yes. Because you know, if you're in school and you have presentations, you'll find there's one guy that's just natural. They just sort of, yeah. they don't really care. You know, they just go up there and they just they do the presentation, and it's 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 good. You have the guy yeah, who me. will read the entire thing, and it's not necessarily bad, but it's definitely not yeah. as engaging. And then you have people who just, mm -hmm. they're half reading, there's a lot of filler words, they're just lost. And those people won't make it far in life, not because life is like giving a presentation, but because they're going to mm -hmm. have, they're going to struggle to to sell themselves. If you do that yeah. same thing in a job interview, you know, like the, the interviewer is going to say, well, okay, so, so why do you want this job? Uh, actually, yeah, uh, yeah, you're out the door. Mm -hmm. They don't, yeah, it's not like if a girl asks you, you know, why, like, what do you do in life? Oh, actually, uh, you gotta, yeah. Um, well, if you can't sell yourself, how, how are you going to, so, sorry, if you can't, um, have confidence in mm -hmm. yourself, how is like a girlfriend gonna have confidence in you? Exactly. How is, uh, an employer going to have confidence in you and like how are your friends going to have confidence in you if you don't have confidence in yourself and um like you you need to, to like confidence is, is tough man like i am still not a confident person despite having this ability to talk um i feel like sometimes i talk too much um and i need to like restrain myself and only talk selectively mm -hmm. but um that's a that's a whole separate issue the, the the ability to like engage in something in a way that is uh, reciprocal like like your your conversation mate is able to reciprocate that uh conversation and then sort of keep it going and yeah. and build a connection that's that's how you get places in life because that's how you develop an emotional connection to someone and and people really do think emotionally that that impression that you make on someone by having good pronunciation would surely, surely bring you a lot more than if you didn't have it. Um, but like, is this, is this course like, how's it, how's it going to be accessible? I suppose online, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm currently working on um, yeah. setting it through a particular website, which unfortunately is quite costly by a month to month basis, mm -hmm. but it offers everything in one place. There's also an app for it. You yeah. know, I didn't want to bother with having one platform that I'm paying for for the website, another one for the store, another one for this, because it's, it's, it's yeah. too, too complicated. Um, so at the moment, the goal is just to get one or two courses created so I have a visual and that they cover the monthly costs. Um, yep. Marketing, I'll, I'll talk in a second, but I just wanted to run mm. you through the idea that I've, I've had building four levels starting with level zero, which is the beginner level, where mm -hmm. I would go over the theory because you, you still have to understand vowels, consonants, syllables. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. People have to understand that there is that theory, but that it is ultimately not the only way to look at a language. That, yeah. you know, time spent speaking and developing, and that a couple of tricks maybe they can use, um, they will perpetuate them forward. In level one, which is the intermediate level, I want to create a course that's entirely based around vocabulary. I want to focus on taking excerpts from good books that they can then read, which is also interesting homework. Mm. It's not just here's a you know a page of shit you can fill out, but rather mm -hmm. read, find the words that you don't understand, you know, write them down, uh, look up their meaning, look up their pronunciation, then we'll go through them all together. Um, yeah, I want to introduce culture. I want to introduce these people to you know good movies, maybe speeches from movies. You know, there's there was a, I don't know if you watched it. The menu came out um, just a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. um, and it has Ralph Fiennes doing these this wonderful bit of oh uh, yeah talking about he's a very yeah, very good speaker. You know, and and it's like when you look at that person, and obviously he's acting, but mm. you could also argue that you're acting throughout life. Because right? if you're on the stage and you're creating some of a presentation, you're also acting. Yeah. Um, and well, that's... there's a there's a like slightly different personality for every every place that you're in, right? Mm -hmm. um, but again, uh, like on the flip side of that, the actors also inject a bit of themselves into the characters, mm -hmm. which is why which is why you see people like um, oh I can't remember who it was, but someone was rejected for the role of um, of Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings. And they put Viggo Mortensen in instead, and like this guy's a, a nobody. Like, who's what, what's he? What's he started before? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing that I know of for sure. Um, but like, he's the perfect person for this role because he just fits it. His his personality. Like, there's a picture of him in his like like caravan, um, and Bill the horse that is yeah. on set with them is like eating. From, like either from his bowl of cereal or like at the table next to him in the caravan. Like he's just, he's just a wild man. He just, mm -hmm. he's, he is as Aragorn is and it just fits very, very perfectly. Um, uh, the same would go with, with, uh, I think it's Ralph Fiennes, Fiennes. Actually, um, I don't know how to pronounce that part, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a, um, he plays Voldemort. He yeah. plays, um, there's a, in the Wallace and Gromit movie, he plays the antagonist there. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the guy who's trying to get the the um, lady, I can't remember yeah. much of it anymore. But like, he's he's such a good and like, it's a very specific flavor. Actually, it's funny. I'll relate it to cooking. It's it's like a spice, right? Yes. You use. Yes. It's like like chili and turmeric and paprika all create slightly like it's like spice, right? But 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 each of them it's like so subtly different. Um, and, and you've just got to pick the right one, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's just that way. And that's right? also what I want to implement is to, for people to understand mm. that an accent requires, if you really want to go down that route, it requires a character, you know, and that's, yes, that's why it helped Absolutely. me that I, I was the order doom because it moved me mm. away from who I am in real life and the way that I speak English, which is that, um, your, your normal accent, your in this case, Slovenian accent would sort of penetrate into yeah. the English. And this way I was able to just make a wall. And after several years of practice, mm -hmm. I now actually struggle to go backwards. I actually have to really think because I was, I was doing some test recordings and I was trying to get people to understand what I used to sound like. And I was actually yeah. struggling to replicate that sound. Um, 
Jeez. But yeah, you, it, you it, almost have to like put on an accent, right? Ex- it basically, I basically have to fake yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although that, if I am way, like, if I am hanging it with Slovenian friends, and I'm yeah. talking in Slovenian for a long time, and then I try to say something in English, it usually still it gets penetrated through. Um, it is mm-hmm. a little bit skewered. But you notice that if you if you want it to like yeah. uh, change to three four different languages one after another, very difficult. Yeah, it's to tough. Your 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 brain needs to adjust, right? Um, it's it's kind of like um, there are, there are some people. Oh, there's a really really old video of a of an uh, Aussie comedian who's like putting on different hats, and with each hat he has a different accent. Um, but I found that like if you imitate a character that you know you end up being able to emulate the accent a lot better. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, an old British TV show where I, uh, where it had heaps of different characters from heaps of different backgrounds. Um, and I, I used to try and imitate each one by sort of um, imitating their mannerisms, imitating everything. And it worked. It was great. Like I could almost on command switch to certain accents. And it was, it was crazy. It was just insane. Like, it, it, and, and now you can... Like I can kind of do it, um, but it's it's crazy when you put on that character, yeah. you are just yeah you're right you're able to put up a wall and then when that wall has served its purpose you tear it down and you just go and enjoy your life speaking English as normal. I think it's also a dance. Um, one of the the things I'm going to cover is how let's say Italian right. Yeah. To speak Italian, one of the basic things you can do is you do the hand gesture, and you go. Yeah. Bibidi babidi bibidi bobidi. As you speak yeah. that English this away, you you know it automatically comes yes. out as way yeah. more Italian. And I know that it's exaggerated, mm. but that's exactly what you want. You want to learn a language. You put the you, character on. Yeah, you put a character on. And you know, yeah. German, for example, is is very like it's like bam 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 bam. You know, I'm man, 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 man. and even <laughs> if you don't even say words that exist in German, if I just you know <laughs> just random words, it sounds way more German and. And if you can encapsulate that in, in a language and if you can catch that, so you have mm. to, it's like a dance almost. I, 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 I say this and it's a little bit offensive maybe, but try to imitate Adolf Hitler whilst dancing through the room like a clown. It's impossible. You know what? Uh, you, give the, you give the example of Adolf Hitler, but he's actually a really good speaker. Absolutely. Like he's, have you listened to his speeches? They're so inspiring and I don't even know a word of German. I mean, there's a and, reason and then, why he you know, got as far as he did. One of the reasons was that yeah. he was a tremendous speaker. Yeah, so, and then no. you listen to Winston Churchill, and, yeah. and Churchill's a good speaker, but he's got a lisp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, this is hard to listen to. Um, he's he's very he's very tough to listen to, but but when he doesn't have that lisp, it is just, it is just so staunch and mm-hmm. so, like, defiant. And it's, like, just incredible just to hear him say words. Because he's just like it, it's. There's a reason why it's become iconic. Um, there's another good speech that JFK gave at uh, the Berlin Wall. I can't remember what year. I think it was in the 50s. Um, but he invokes the Roman Empire and he invokes like all these crazy like big things. He's like 2,000 years ago. The proudest boast was like I am Roman, but in Latin. And then he goes, today the proudest boast is Ich bin ein Berliner. Yeah. <laughs> and he said it he said it with he said it with an American-ish accent because he's like yelling and, and shouting. Yeah. But like he's he's just so eloquent in that in that delivery. And imagine well, you think about the way that all the all the little kids learn English in, in parts of Europe. They learn it through cartoons, through characters. 
yeah. and they just they must they must imitate that they must pick that up because i remember being a little kid and, and like putting on this character and putting on that character it must make it so much easier and i think yeah. it's funny you've you've found a niche you've found a really cool niche i just I'm excited to see it exploited. Well, I have to and, say it's, uh, it is very saturated in terms of how much content is already available, right? But as we're talking about yeah. speeches now, um, that's that was level two. So the third level is yeah, all yeah. about public speaking. Because I had, in, in high school, I joined a rhetoric class and I realized mm. that, wow, this is this is huge. Your ability to stand on stage and present something. And then that came useful later in 2021. We had this... Um, I was basically organizing a competition. I was the moderator for the competition and I had to stand in front of a camera and I had to talk. And I was, it wasn't just that YouTube gave me the confidence. It was also that yeah. you have to command presence because on YouTube here, I'm, I'm sitting in a chair, you know, I can recline myself all the way backwards, but yep. there I'm in, in a suit and tie. I am standing mm. shoulders, you know, up neck, you know, you, you, the, the, you have to sort of have this control and then, yeah. When you come close to the camera and further away, and as you're moving, your um, the gestures of your hands, everything tells a story. And yeah. did you have to speak with a script, or did you not have a script in uh, in the competition? Yeah, uh, no, just just with yeah, with moderating the competition. I did have, like... I did make myself a script in mm. terms of to have like an overview because what I had to do is I had to ah uh, yeah I had to call all the competitors. Uh, it was a live bartending competition. It was a very difficult thing to yeah. organize. It was like, yeah. I think it was two two months of just, I was I was so stressed out. I got a um, an acne outbreak because I was yeah. I was just stressed. Yeah, I was really stressed. But I was doing mm. everything. I was organizing, moderating, writing emails. I was I had a team of twenty seven students helping out. But it was it was at the end yeah. of the day, you know, when you want something done, you you tend to to do, do it yourself. yourself. So. It's um, it's pretty big. T it's a it's a huge thing to do. Like I watched um, I watched FFG Connor um, mm -hmm. basically like run like broadcasting. So um, maybe twenty eight no twenty it was twenty nineteen actually. Um, I heard I saw a video from Tech the European Canadian. He's like War Thunder will never be in esports. Get over it. And I was like we'll see about that. Um, I went to TeamSpeak and I was like I'm not happy with this. And then Connor and Thunderpants were like, come on, let's start one up then. And so we basically started this broadcasting group and it like pulls, we, we get Gaijin to run Twitch drops. We like mm -hmm. do all this stuff with it. It's so good. There are eSports Ready skins. Like the, the, the brand is called eSports Ready. So um, it's a little, little bit of a jab, but like it's such a big thing to organize. And I've just, I've seen FFG in the background like doing all of this stuff, gathering all the casters and like doing so much of the work himself. It is a huge amount of work. And just, I, I'm, I'm surprised, like it must be character building, surely. It is. Uh, it's also paying dividends now because actually just, just doing this course is, is insanely difficult and challenging because I, on one hand, yeah. you're setting up a website and even though the, the the program I'm using allows it to be quite simple, it's like building blocks, mm -hmm. there's still so much that comes into it. Um, so many different pages that need information and then what information to give them, what is, you know, how long do you make these? How engaging do you make this? 
record everything, edit everything, uh, put captions on all the stuff, right? What type of information do you show on screen? What type of homework, mm -hmm. right? Do you give them downloadable content? Do you, all these questions have to be answered and it's, it's going to be a hit or miss in the sense that I'm going to have to probably correct some of it later down the line. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm most excited about this level two one, which is the whole speaking part, because I think mm. it really goes across the, the whole board. And I feel the way I've structured it is, again, they start with that level zero. They get some of the idea at how they can yeah. fix or improve it through daily mm -hmm. exercises. Then they start getting the vocabulary. So they get those big you know, like gravitas, which yeah. is right. Because those words, you can, you can sometimes pause and then give them that word and that word will speak volumes, you know? Um, yeah. And then they it, get to uh, the point. It, it gives them something to chew on. Mm -hmm. mm. And then they, cause I mean, most English courses, they, I think they go too far into the, you know, let me teach you what it is like to be British, right? This <sighs> is a cup of tea and these are all the idioms that we oh, use. No. And it's like, I get it, but, you you're literally teaching a person how to be British mm. whilst you're British, and the only way he's ever going to become British is if he moves to England and lives there for the rest yeah. of his life. There's, otherwise, it just doesn't make sense. Because what you're going to have a person in you know Kazakhstan, he's going to come and and do an English course, then he's going to come to his mates and he's going to be like, yeah, I go now. Let's go to the pub and have me. You know, it doesn't sell. It's not. Yeah. It just does not make sense. Um, I want to know what I know. I, I want to know what like shisha and like all the like what, what's coffee like all these sorts of things like common common things. I don't I don't want to know what it's like to be British. I want to know what it's like to be uh, I don't know a, a Kazakh in in the world, um, but just in an English way. Like mm -hmm. I I think I think there's a lot to be said for the way that you're approaching it. I think it's really cool. Um, it's it's like. Yeah, the 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 narrowness that most people approach it. I think it stems from the the university way of doing things. Like, here's the lecture, go and learn it, and regurgitate it three months later in an exam. Yeah. Whereas you're actually teaching them the the fundamentals. You're teaching them how to expand on that themselves eventually, um, and then you're teaching them how to like go out in the world and be a normal human being. Wait, what I what I realized was, and I was, it was a wonderful explanation of it, is schools give you knowledge. They give you information. What I'm offering mm -hmm. is a transformation. Yes. Because you can get information for free. Right? And, and, that's, and I think I also will emphasize that the course I'm offering is, it's not something they're going to you know, get a certificate from. They're not going to be acknowledged mm. by a uh, university as not some type of you know, I completed this thing online for the IECTS yeah. or whatever those boring abbreviations are. You're not going to put mm -hmm. this on your CV. Um, it's the success or failure of this course will be entirely shown by the individual, whether he's able to utilize what I'm trying to teach them and improve. And I'm, I'm convinced that anybody who puts down at least, you know, a certain degree of effort will see improvements because if it worked for me, I know it can work for others purely because I'm not British, mm -hmm. because I haven't been born there. Yeah. I, I'm still torn on the level three. I'm torn on that last step, which mm -hmm. I've left open as an idea to maybe show them, maybe go into the business realm of things. Um, is it something that you could sell almost to, you know, let's say you have a big company and this company has, because mm -hmm. 
you've probably seen these presentations from and I'm not talking like Apple Apple Microsoft they've done relatively good yeah. good of these presentations but they they still manage to even in big companies successful companies with you know these people they make a ridiculous wage they're very successful they're very intelligent but when it comes mm -hmm. to their presentation skills it's it's pretty bad you know and they they don't seem to be able to get the point across and I also noticed that when I was working for people a lot of the bosses I had or the people up above, they didn't have the best of communicative skills. And it leads to a lot of conflict in the team because nobody really knows what they should be doing. Um, they're just, they're often misunderstood. Um, and I think there is there is some maybe niche market there that could be expanded. But I'm leaving that sort of a... Um, an like extra, an extra option. An right? extra option, yeah. And then I also thought about developing uh, shorter courses for for like i don't know you want to speak like borat you know or with a scottish accent or an australian <laughs> accent obviously i still have to actually teach myself those because i haven't um i haven't mastered the majority of it you know but that's that's voice acting and again it's something i'm leaving as a opportunity but i want yeah. to have um, so yeah i want to have a website which um, actually no i should say i will have a website that's another Another aspect that I've changed in my life is I no longer look at things in a hopeful way, but I look at things and I'm going to do them, right? It's 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 going to be done. It's visualizing that which you want rather than hoping that it will be made and yeah. hoping it will succeed. And you know, because that that thought process is it's, it's thinking just not is healthy. believing. Yeah, there's a study that the um, actually it's covered by Vsauce. Uh, it's one of his. Um, in one of his like long content episodes, it was really, really interesting. They uh, took some kids with behavioral issues, put mm -hmm. them in a decommissioned MRI um, and said that this machine is a medical device that helps fix your problems because these kids were like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a bit naughty. Like, I don't know, like I scratch my sores and things like that. Um, and they took the kids into this MRI, like put them in the machine and then like, I don't know, pretended to make sounds for like 20 minutes and then took them out. And then they actually saw an improvement in their behavior. So they, it's they, a matter of they like, didn't actually turn it on or no, no, no. There's oh. the magnets deactivated. Okay. No, um, Cause I know that the MRI I've been there yeah. once and it makes a shitload mm. of noise. I mean, it's uh yeah, it's an experience. It wasn't, it wouldn't have been as loud um, because like I've well, like, I work with MRI. Like mm. I don't, I don't do the MRIs, but like I help out there every now and then. Um, and if you've ever been in the magnet itself, um, like I've got a retainer on the bottom of my teeth, like on the, the bottom front to keep them straight. And it's made of, I'm not really sure what metal, but at the end of the day, there's some physics behind it. That means that if you are very close to the magnet, you'll find that it like draws you in a little bit, even just that I, I'm pretty sure it's, it, it must be ferrous, but it's like just this tiny, tiny little stretch of, of wire. And it draws you in. But at the back of the magnet, you also get dizzy because it just messes with you so much. It's a really, really powerful machine. Um, but like um, they they tried the same thing with adults. And of course, they like, oh, make sure you remove all your jewelry and, and all this sort of thing and change into this patient gown. And, um, and then they, they played the sounds because people know that an MRI is loud. So they, they pretended it was a proper functioning MRI. And they actually saw the same. They saw, um, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was confidence or... Um, intelligence or something like that but like they improved and it's just that that power of suggestion right like for me 
I go one step further and I, and I talk to someone about it. I say, I, I, uh, I want to do this or I am going to do this. And then when I do that, I've kind of created myself a, a social expectation that I will do said thing. Um, and it's, it's allowed me to just be a little bit more, uh, le less of a, what we call colloquially a gunner, a gunner, gunner, gonna do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do mm -hmm. that. So they call them a gunner. Um, and, and you end up being less of a gunner and you end up being more of a doer. And that, that actually works really well. It's so, so interesting to see it play out because you, you just find a strategy that works for you, but you've got to make sure you execute it because again, like how else do you get to 50,000 YouTube subscribers? How else do you get to um, certain milestones? How else do you finish degrees, courses, mm -hmm. whatnot? It's, it's like that, that motivation, that uh, execution is what needs to happen. Otherwise you find that, that you fall behind and that you like just end up going through the motions and being pathetically average. Mm -hmm. there's, a, I, there's, a, there's I, a beautiful I, quote. Um, I'm including in one of the videos that will be coming out this year, yeah. but it's, if you, if you take average advice from average people living average <laughs> lives, can you expect to be yeah. anything other than average? And it's it's um, it's been stuck with me ever since uh, because it's it's so mm -hmm. true, you know. And I you are the company you keep, right? Yeah, and you also you know you're just some of the five people you hang out with the most, and people struggle with that one because it's yes. like I think people don't realize these people don't have mm. to be physically present. Like you're in Australia, I'm in Slovenia, right? Yeah, I can't really surround myself with you but I can you, because we're you just can, doing that right yeah. now right so yeah. the common misconception is that these people have to be present like I, and then and you see people will write well oh but you know where do I find good quality friends where do I find this mm -hmm. it's like well first of all you're gonna have to go get out right do your hobbies that you enjoy and you'll put yourself like, out there because yeah. when I was cycling I met a whole bunch of interesting people guess what they were also cycling right uh, but mm. you're not limited to it. If if you're in a point of life right now where you feel like you're surrounded by, I guess, low quality individuals or the people that are not inspiring you to 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 make yeah. your life better, then podcasts, conversations. If you're going to spend, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and I asked him because he's always on TikTok, and I said, okay, how many how many hours did you spend on TikTok last week? And he said fifteen, mm -hmm. fifteen ah. hours in one week. Yeah, and I thought. Imagine, you know, if, if for 15 hours you were listening to, you know, a, a particular YouTuber, let's say. You know, it doesn't have to be Andrew Tate, right? But, yeah. But you, you can listen to, there's a bunch of these, I think Andrew Huberman Just comes like, to mind, you know, where he's like a um, high up in the medical field, knows, or like, yeah. you know, Jordan Peterson for sociological stuff. You yeah. can always, if you find five, or let's say just three, mm. three really smart people in their own respective fields right? One to cover finances, one to cover health, and one to cover love aspect of life. And you surround yourself with those three podcasts or content types. It can also be a book at the end of the day. I mean, what I noticed was that yeah. when I was streaming, the what I, I used to watch a lot of Boti. Boti is pretty much the biggest oh, yeah. landscape streamer of all time. And mm -hmm. if you listen to him you'll notice that i sound often would sound a lot like him because i was watching him so much i would start to subconsciously imitate him you do you emulate the people you surround yeah 
You know, I was uh, yeah. I was watching this Slovenian podcast, these three guys talking, and I was busy with I would be like working out for two hours and I would be listening to that podcast, and I probably yeah. consumed like a solid five, six, seven hours of it. Then I went to hang out at a friend's place, and the minute I opened my mouth, I sounded exactly like them, and I was I was like, <laughs> whoa! I was, I was first I was in shock, but then I realized, holy shit, this works, mm. right? And so there's no limit. But if you're going to surround yourself with 15 hours of TikTok, then you're getting no value yeah. out of it because it's short especially, form and it's always changing. And Especially if it's like uninformative mm. or drama or degenerative or just like if you spend 15 hours a week watching Thought Talk, then I honestly have no hope for you. <laughs> yes, basically. Um, it's a pretty, that's a pretty deep hole to climb out of, man. Uh, but like... You you spend yourself spend your time around like productive people. Um, you'll want to imitate them, like that monkey see monkey do, mm -hmm. and you'll want to try and forward yourself. Like having a, I'm having a chat with one of my mates at work, and he's uh, he's very emotionally in tune with people. He's a very good active listener, and I've, I've noticed like he sort of talked me through a bit of it, and I'm like, well, shit, I'm a bit of a rubbish active listener. Maybe I should try some of these strategies. And lo and behold, I am now becoming a reflection of the five people I hang around the most um, because those sort of five people are, are ever changing. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that like will probably stick with me for a long time if I keep it up. And it's a great, great way to, to improve yourself yeah. just, by, just by like, hey, this guy's doing something that works really well. Maybe I should give it a go. Maybe I should you know, imitate this or improve on it or, you know, um, know that this is not the right thing for me to do long-term. So um, I should I should run away and get out of it while I can. That, that improvement is just so crucial um, because in improvement, you also like find find meaning. Like you find meaning in the people around you. Yeah. And if you don't like the people in ar around you and you find new people, like you get, you get like a double, double dopamine hit by just like finding people that are really good and that you click with. Um, like when you go from, if any of you with like uni jobs go on to uh, like uh, working in, in your workplace and you go from like somewhere where everyone's like really poor at making life choices um, to, to somewhere where everyone's like talking about investments and um, like all these interesting things or things that are like forwarding their life. Um, you find that you're actually a bit better mentally you, you just like mm -hmm. it's just less of a drag instead of people coming to you every day oh i've had to take out like after pay to pay for my kids playstation 5 for christmas everyone's talking about stuff like oh yeah i'm gonna put like 10 grand into this crypto and like five grand into shares and um you know the market's sort of slated to go up mm -hmm. and, and all this sort of stuff um but like you just surround yourself with these intelligent people and you'll you'll absorb some of that and you'll just become a lot more um like like just just a lot better you'll just become a better human uh, because you just find that you end up just in a in a better place like frank and simple you just mm. you're just with better people they're just doing more things with their life and you'll just find that you'll monkey see monkey do and, and end up in the same spot and generally you don't want to ever be the smartest person in the room, ever. I mean, it's a great There's feeling, a great quote. Go There's on. a great quote that says, if you are the smartest in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, at work, we've got lots of doctors, right? 
obviously it's a hospital. Um, I will like finish up an x-ray and I'll go sign it off, go up to the doctor and I'll be like, Hey, what do you think? Like, is there a pathology like broken bone or, or something there? Um, you know, what about, what about this part of the x-ray? What about that part? And I'll have this discussion and like at the end, I just feel, I feel glad that I went up to this doctor and like asked them, like wasted their 30 seconds to, to like find out, Hey, does this patient actually have something? Um, because that, that has a, a double benefit in, in my case, it's got a double benefit. You learn something new potentially, uh, and you also are able to like modify the way that you do things for the future. Um, but I suppose this could be also float on to, to, to literally anything. It'll I mean, be like, I don't know, maybe you're, uh, like you're working in a kitchen and you're just doing something like preparing vegetables or you're preparing a uh, part of a dish. Um, and the chef prefers to, or, or like you go, you go up to the chef and you go like, what do you think? Yeah. And he goes, nah, pre prepare them slightly differently. Like, I don't know, bigger, cut the meat bigger or finer or, uh, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, because that way you get this, that, and the other. And you go, okay, just modify your technique for next time. And at the end of the day, you create a better and easier life for yourself yeah. because You've just made your workflow easier and you've made yourself smarter. So it's it's so good to to just be in the presence of intelligent people. Um, because by adjusting yourself over and over again, you just become that little bit smarter and you just become that little bit better at what you do. Uh, and that reflects on you. That that also gives you confidence and it's all it's all tied into to everything. It's it's like everything is is related here like confidence knowledge work especially for, for for men it's very much so you have it all together and when you when you got it all together you've really got it all together um and it's just it's nice to have it that way so if you can if you can get the the, the snowball started then it just it just rolls and it's only a matter of time oh you mentioned the Did kitchen you, it was because i have to yeah. say it was it was Yes and no, as in, on one hand, I got, I was surrounded by people who were extremely talented cooks, extremely mm -hmm. talented. You know, there was one kid, um, I think he's 20 now, so five years younger than me, and he's got, uh, there's no chance in hell I could ever be better than him in cooking, ever. Oh, yeah. He's just- A natural he's, ability. He's natural. You can see that he oozes the, the confidence and the love for food, mm -hmm. and he's got the theory mastered. And, you know, if I ever in the future have money and I open up a restaurant or something, he's the first person I'm contacting. Like, hey, can you come <laughs> set the whole thing up, be the head chef? Yeah. However, what I lacked was, you know, because the majority of people that I worked with were students, mm -hmm. which means I was surrounded by younger people, more immature. Yeah. And even some of the guys that were older, I felt there were, I don't want to say one trick ponies, but... In a sense, they were sort of content with where they were with their life. You know, they have parked themselves in this yeah. company. They have uh, a, a good pay. They've got a schedule that works for them. They don't want to change anything about it. They're just like, I'm going to keep doing this for cruising. the next. They're cruising. They do this for 50 years. You know, I've got the girl, a wife, a kid, or whatever, and I'm just just screw the rest of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And I felt that beyond being able to learn and sponge up some of the information relating to to the cooking aspect. Yeah. I wasn't developing any of those things that were important to me. And ironically, you know, you're, you're a member of the, what I call the, the medicine part of, of life, which is so, 
scary. Like, if you think longest oh, yeah. schools, <laughs> most challenging professions, it's mm. either medical school or like law degree, right? And yeah. at well, the time, I don't, I haven't done mm-hmm. medicine as such, but it's, uh, it's like a step, like a, like a, um, a position down. Um, like we don't actually, we don't actually diagnose or anything like that. We just take the X-rays, but there's still a lot. There's still a lot in it, right? Um, and it still requires a specialized position. You don't. You just have. So, like, I'm the I'm the X-ray person. I just take the take the pictures. But um, at the end of the day, like, you still have to be pretty smart to do this job. Like, you you can't be old mate off the street. You have to have a degree. Um, you have to have like all this sign off done. You have to have all this experience. Um, but like in general, working in a hospital is pretty grueling. Um, I don't think. I don't think many people who don't work in a hospital or emergency services have like done CPR or taken someone to the mortuary. Um, they're, they're in it. That's interesting. That's, that's a big, yeah. um, that, that's a big part of, uh, of medicine. Like you just, Oh, someone's dead. Move on. But, I, um, I got a huge amount of respect for this because at the time I was in the, in the kitchen, I was dating a girl that was studying. Mm. She's studying now to be a doctor. And, it was the contrast that I saw between the conversations that I was having with her and the conversations I was having with my, with my friends yeah. and the conversations I was having at work. And I was starting to realize that she is striving for something greater, not in the, just in the sense that she has to study all this mm-hmm. curriculum, you know, which to a certain degree, some parts of it could be considered bullshit if, if it's not going to be the end of yeah. her profession. Like if she goes into, I don't know, plastic surgery, then a lot of the stuff she's, she's been learning about will go to waste and we'll just sort of sit dormant somewhere. But yeah, I, I realized that the conversations I was having with, especially at work, with sort of these almost, you know, pathetic, prehistoric, just joking, memeing. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, I felt like I was, not just that I was stagnating or that I was complacent, mm-hmm. but I was almost moving backwards. And it, it shook me when I looked at, yeah. you know, progress of one year and, at the start of this podcast, we said, you know, you said um, you compare yourself to who you were five years ago. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I look back one year and I'm like, I'm in the same spot. And I was yeah, confused. That's horrible. And, and it was a horrible feeling. And mm-hmm. and I think it prompted me to sort of start making some changes because I still have passion for food. But I'm in no way, shape or form passionate enough to commit to an ordeal of say going and working in a Michelin star restaurant and becoming the greatest cook because I asked myself this question a while back I said what would be the kind of job that you would really want to do and I said okay so on one hand it would either be a job that pays well but gives me enough free time for me to sort of have leeway for Mm -hmm. my hobbies or maybe some projects um and, you know, you can sort of have, let's say you're working 25, 30 hours a week. That would be something that I would, you know, be able to sign on. The yeah. alternative, which is the competitive side of me, the, the masculine part of me, would want a job which is oriented into the direction of being a leader, having my own team, but most importantly, to constantly seek to be the, at the highest point in that company. Like, if I really wanted yeah. to work for Google, then... I don't want to just work for Google. I want to be one of the top guys at Google. That sort of competitiveness yeah. drives me. And I realized that 
both of these were going to be very, very difficult to achieve, especially because mm-hmm. you, I think you need to have a, a, a very you know, specific goal in mind to say, okay, I'm going to go and, and, and work for that specific company. And that's a question I should have asked myself back when I was 19 or 20 years old, not, not at the age of 25. Yeah. So I'm seeking yeah. now for an alternative route, which isn't a bad route per se, but I want to make a name for myself that isn't the way I made a name for myself with War Thunder. Because War Thunder is a niche and the type of content I was making was also a niche. And the style of, like I said, my character, I think went into an extreme to the point where I really was like the Andrew Tate of War Thunder. And it's it's fine mm-hmm. to get the movement started, but it's not who that person is. And actually yeah. speaking of Andrew Tate, and I shouldn't, I don't know what YouTube is going to do with this once it's uploaded. But as we're doing this recording, I think the guy's in jail at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, he's he's an extreme, you know, character in, in, in its own. But I think if he's smart, and I mm-hmm. think he is, he will probably change quite drastically once he comes out. I would assume that at some point he's going to yeah. start to mellow down and become more mm-hmm. likable, you know, because... You look back, I don't know if you follow Formula One, but Sebastian Vettel, who retired with, mm-hmm. with the end of last season, when he was winning championships and, and he won four championships in a row, he was yeah. one of the most arrogant bastards ever to walk this <laughs> earth. And, and you know, it, it made you hate the guy. Yeah. And then something changed. And he so became, you just watched to watch him lose. Yeah, basically. I mean, that, oh, that's this is a wonderful quote from, I think it's from the first Spider-Man yeah. movie where... You know, the only thing they love more than a hero is to see a hero fail and die trying. Yeah. And it's such... Because oh. I, I, I'm not a, a fan of, of Spider-Man or anything, but that quote is on such a high level that it, it instantly yep. ranks up the movie. I mean, it's it's brutal because it's, it's yeah. exactly what it is. People love seeing somebody be successful and, and win until they mm. don't, until they get bored of it. Then it's like on... on Knock on them on off the, the pedestal. One. Exactly. Yeah. Send feed them to the lions, yeah. and then off they go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of kind of nuts. It's just like that progress. That's what you want, right? Yeah, it's, you want, it's you I, want I, constant. I looked at myself, you know, maybe the Ego Boy video from Bookends was such a wonderful one because it. On one hand, it, it's complete crap because it's most of it is edited to make me look way worse than I am, which that's the power of yeah. YouTube. But yeah, in every lie, there's a little bit of truth, you know. And and as I thought about it, I thought, mm. damn, you really were an arrogant cunt. Like you, <laughs> you went a little bit too far, and yeah. you start mellowing it down to a certain degree. Now, I still think that a lot of the characteristics that I built throughout the Orange Doom character were fundamentally good and positive and can be and will be continue to be utilized in my life. Yeah. It's just about mellowing it down a little bit. You know, maybe yeah. sharing a little bit less and, and um, being like, st- I'm, I'm a very open person. I love talking to people about everything and I don't mind revealing yeah. some of the vulnerabilities and some of the strengths, but um, I'm really living 2023 through this, you know, I've said every month I'm going to give myself a rule that I'm going to implement into life. Mm-hmm. Uh, January is the rule of action. So start moving and don't stop. 
you know, whether this... Yes, I like that. And then I I already know in February, likely it's going to be about patience because patience is something I have very little of. (laughs) It's way too thin and you just, you need it. In often situations, you just need to sort of, you know, wait out the storm and, and just have that patience that things will turn out well yeah. and whatever the other rules will be I've, I'm, I'm making a list active list i'm following the progress but um, i said to myself 2023 should be a year where you are dissatisfied with yourself to the point that you mm-hmm. force yourself to turn your life around uh, yeah and giving myself um, deadlines you know and goals and oh, yeah um, what you really want and i feel that i'm, I'm still so blown away by that thing you, you said about great wines, wines how they're you cut mm, down until yeah only the two most powerful branches left and strip it down to its bare yeah. parts and those and you you absolutely just hone in mm-hmm. you you grow from there like shed away all the excess and just just uh sort of grow yourself a new skin almost because yeah, that's that's how i felt like a, in in october you know and obviously in august mm-hmm. i decided to um, leave my girlfriend, which she was great, and leave my job, which was great, because together in unison, yeah. they were, it was comfortable. You know, to, to this day, I my motivation goes up and down every single day, and there'll be moments where if you showed me a big red button that would say, you go back, and you're back in that relationship, and you're back in that job, I'd press it in a heartbeat. But then I asked myself, yeah, you'll mm-hmm. be happy for the next two years, say, but... Yeah, then you're. But will you be happy for the next twenty? No, because in in two years I'll be exactly where I am today, in the exact same spot. Yes, having made no progress, having gotten no close to the mm. goal that I really dream of, and you'll just be resentful of the world, you know. And that which you have will ultimately be yeah. lost. That happiness, that comfort, that girl, or that job, it will eventually go away. Yeah. And in October, I went through, like, honest to God, probably the most depressive phase of my life because I'm not a depressed person. I've never thought about suicide, but there were moments where I was like, dude, if I just jump off the balcony, it just save me all this yeah. hassle. And I realized, it's you know, me with such a strong character, having those thoughts, how many more men are having those issues? And you look at the suicide numbers and it's scary. It really is scary. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's quite, it's concerning because it's like, it's not, it's not actually that hard to pick yourself back up now that you look back on it, right? No, now I look back at it, I'm um, like, how how was I ever so lost? So weak, right? Yeah, but it, but it is, it's also a problem because at the time, I think yeah. it was in October, I was late September, I was very really motivated. And I think I got high on the idea that everything was possible, but I hadn't made the choice oh, yet. No. There's a wonderful movie, yeah. Mr. Nobody, where... Um, essentially it's Jared Leto starring. He's a little kid and his mum and dad are getting divorced. And the whole premise of the movie is that he's at the train station. His mum's boarding the train. His dad is staying in that hometown and he has to make a choice. And the movie goes through three individual options. One is that he stays with his father. One is that he runs off with Mm -hmm. his mother. And one is that he runs off away completely away from both of them, you know? Uh And, one of the quotes in the movie goes something along the lines of, uh, like, the smoke comes out of daddy's cigarette, but he doesn't go back in. Once you mix mashed potatoes and the sauce, with the gravy, you can never unmix them, right? Yeah. As long as you don't choose, everything remains possible. And I was in that state. I was, I was sort of, I was single. I was without a job. And so everything was possible. I can have any job I want. I can have any woman I want. I can go in any direction I yeah. want. And that freedom has a cost 
And this is uh, a theory that I've developed, which is called the slave theory, is that sometimes too much freedom enslaves you because it, it tra it's trapping, creates an anxiety. Well, you're, sus you're suspended in, in like, like a jellyfish in the water. You mm -hmm. know how they just sort of float with the tide? Yeah. You just, oh, I'm not going to make a decision. I'm not going to swim anywhere. And then you just yeah. float. And it's, it's, it's such a shit feeling. It, it's scary because it, it, it brought me down and reduced me really to a, to a weak man in the sense that um, my true colors were shown almost like the reality gets, gets portrayed. And you see yourself, yeah. you know, yes, the options are still there. All the, the freedom doesn't change. It's just your perception yeah. of it is suddenly a little bit more realistic. And then um, yeah. I, I started with, you know, going gradual. Because it really, and I think it boils down to that problem that I'm not a very patient person and I want everything immediately. So if I decide that I want to yeah. have a certain job, then I want to have that job right now. It's, I'm not, yeah. and that's also the cause of, I think, this instant gratification that we get from TikTok videos and um, all this, you know, pornography and everything is always accessible all the time, immediately. Even fast food, man. Absolutely. Fast food. I'm, gu I'm guilty of this. Um, I'm like, Oh, I, so my drive to and from work is in peak hour traffic. Sometimes it's an hour and 20 minutes. It's, it's bad. Um, but like right at the beginning of the journey on the same street that work is, there's a McDonald's and the amount of money I've spent just because it is easy, convenient, and it fills you up. And by the time you're ready to like, you're digesting mm -hmm. it, you end up at home. You're like like nice and satisfied. You have enough energy for the journey back, especially after a night shift. It's like 8.30 in the morning. You don't really want to, you don't really, really want to like deal with anything. So it's like yeah. convenient, easy, but it's just, it's just, you, you end up a slave because there's just no, like you don't give yourself any other options. Like, you, or, or you don't have the fortitude to, to resist it because you just like, oh, I won't, I won't make that decision. I think it's a oh. form of excuse almost, you know, where you, you, between choosing to go, let's say in this case for fast food or mm -hmm. going and cooking yourself a hearty meal, the excuse yeah. is that you, ah, you can't really be bothered, right? Because you'll be hungry mm. before you get home and then you have to cook and then, ah, whatever, I'll just go and, and grab McDonald's. If you do this once, yeah. that's, I mean, okay, cheat the system, but it it becomes a habit very quickly, right? And then... You're down that and rabbit it's hole. instant. Yeah. It, like you, you hardly have to lift a finger. You mm -hmm. just, you just like fill it out on the app, press order. And then it's just there. You just, you don't have to get out of the car. You don't have to start an oven. You don't have to do any cleaning up afterwards. And you just have that instant gratification. And it's like, it's like everything else you've described. There's, there's some form of, of uh, shallowness to it because you're not, you're not really going out there and working for it. There's no reward. There's just the the dopamine. And then you end up wanting more and more. And so you just become a slave. And ultimately very unhappy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And often broke or lonely or whatever. You, you do end up just like in such a miserable position or because... You don't sort of, you don't steal yourself and, and really like go and go and do something that's good for you instead of what's easy. Yeah, because in that very quick moment, it's just more convenient. 
it, but yes. is, I noticed that with working out because it was, you know, you can work out for one hour and you already expect to see improvements and they're often not there. <laughs> but I do think there is yep. a trick to it and that's that you, you know, we were talking about before how you don't say that you, you're a gunner, right? I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. do it. But instead you, you create an image of where you want to be mm-hmm. and that's, that's the image that you strive for. It's almost like, I don't want to say that you create your own God, but you, you no. paint an image in your head. You know, for, for me, when I'm working out, yeah. when I started back in December and I would look myself in the mirror, I would, it's not that I would imagine what I would look mm-hmm. like. It's not that I would imagine what I will look like. It's I would see that which I want to see me look like. Yeah. And it creates like mirror, this. Mirror, as Eris said, style. Mm-hmm. Except, except it's an actual mirror and you're looking back yeah. at yourself. And it's... It, you know the mirror in Harry Potter? Yeah, which shows you your greatest desires. Yes. It's, a, it's ironic how a lot of these child-based movies and, and cartoons have oh. so much depth and truth in them if you're able to sort of extrapolate the information. I watched a guy break down Shrek and Shrek 2. Actually, no, it was just Shrek 2, uh, like Ratatouille, all these things. Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, there's a there's a level of rejection, like the character is rejected originally, and they either don't give a shit, they just forge through, um, or they work in the background. They find a way, mm-hmm. and that 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 gratification, you just see it but in it, the. It's, uh, it's what you're saying is they never quit. There's no excuses for them. It's like it's do or die. No. And literally, yes. Yeah. And and all those people, they succeed. I mean, how many people have you heard? try and i'm not saying like the definition of insanity where they try the same thing over and over again but that they're committed to 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 get somewhere and they do Mm -hmm. it until it eventually succeeds because you know we put man on the moon like we we've we look at wall thunder you know all these planes they literally exist in real life somebody designed them and put them together and they fly and they they make combat in the sky someone how many people died testing them yeah you know and when the what was it wright brothers when they were you know, making the first plane. Like, <laughs> yeah, I doubt they were surrounded by people saying, you go, man. Yeah, you'll make it happen. It's like, what? No, it's never going to fly, dude. What are you guys even trying? Just go back to the yeah. you know, farm life or whatever, right? Like, but they were consistently ready to prove people wrong and, and, and go that, that one step further. And this is why at the moment I'm entering this. And I don't, I hate the expression, you know, you've probably heard about it. They say monk mode, right? It's like sort of, Oh yeah. Remove everything from your life, women and hedonism and friends and just disappear into a dark yeah. room and just focus on your stuff. But <laughs> this, I'm looking at it from more of a mental perspective. Uh, for the past month, I've pretty much not used social media. I've just, just tried not mm-hmm. to look at my phone at all. Just try to get all my focus on that which is important, saying I'd rather suffer and not have those little bits of dopamine Yeah. so that in the long trinkets, run, yeah, there's, there's trinkets that I can sit on a more comfortable branch, you know, so that I can, or yeah. so that I can grow my grapevine, right? So I can get my yes, those two most important branches. Actually, why is it two? Is there any any reason? Because I, I believe in the rule of three. I think there might be a third one somewhere there. Well, I think I think uh, what happens is they they end up growing apart from each other. So ah, one you inside. have one that grows in one direction and you have one that grows in the other direction. And because, of course, they're strung up on, on mm-hmm. the line to help them, like, catch, um, they, like, any more would end up, what, 
grow up or grow down or grow out to the sides. There's no, there's no uh, catch for the vine. Like there's no, like it's almost like a fence line what you build along a, a grapevine um, and there's no way to catch it. So I suppose one and two are the best, best options because one grows to the left, one grows to the right and then eventually they'll end up growing up and down as well. And yeah. like we've had grapevines like that in the past and they just, they just fill up a wall um, because, because they're just so established. And once you, once you do get like that, like the, the potential for the, for that grapevine, like it, it basically could have been propped up as a root, uh, like uh, to, to shield from the wind as a, as a whole structure. It's just incredible how, how big this thing grew. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's such a, such an interesting metaphor to take away because you, you look at that and you do, you strip away all the excess and you just go and hone in on something. Doesn't matter what it is, hone in on it and, and give it your attention, give it your effort. That could be your work, that could be your family, that could be gym, that could be, I don't know, that, it could be like ranked CSGO for all mm -hmm. I care. As long as you do something, it gives you a purpose. And when you have a purpose, you have greater motivation to do even better. And so you you build yourself up basically. You just you just build yourself into this uh, better version of you than what was yesterday. Yeah, I'm still in love with that thing which um, Jordan Peterson said. What he said, like become a monster unconditionally. Yes. Just chase your goals. Be ruthless, and then learn how to control it. That yeah. I think is a is a quote to take home. And and what you're saying about grapevines, and this is also why I've decided to call this simplify life is because i believe that most things aren't that complicated like yes life is no. complex if you look at you know yeah. let's say in, in the medical field yes the human body is extremely complex yeah. all the little intricate details working with another and if yeah one fails the rest of it you know comparatively will will, will mm -hmm. cease to exist but in general i think life is really really simple and we complicate it beyond belief you can even simplify medicine. It's just breathing and brain. Everything else can be absolutely ruined, but as long as breathing, circulation, and brain work, you're fine. You and like we, you see this in intensive care, right? You see, um, uh, especially with like super little kids, like like the premi premature babies. They're like twenty six weeks old. Um, they they can't exist out of the womb. They just they just like the the laws the the like methods of medicine struggle to keep kids like this alive and yet they do because there's just it's it, you just break it down you just go okay how are they breathing it's fine put a breathing tube in their throat how is their brain still needs development it's fine um circulation you know normal give them time to develop and they put them in a, a crib mm -hmm. uh, that's air se that's sealed and then they just like humidify it to make it as much like the womb as possible. And then they end up developing mostly fine. Most of the time they're a bit small. Sometimes they might have breathing problems. Sometimes they might have a couple of other things just because of the nature of the, the case, but they still live. Like, and, and most of them still actually live to be mostly okay. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's just incredible. But like someone, someone has gone and put their mind to that. Someone has gone and done the hard yards, tried and, and regrettably failed, but, there are like if someone can do that for for medicine like think about what each individual can do for themselves and whether that's just fitness or um 
like jobs or relationships or like social even like just just putting yourself out there or you know learning to be a better active listener or something like that mm. you just you just make it work and you and you learn that like those little baby steps you, you break it down into the simplest form you'll be fine it's great you end up learning a lot too and you grow into a person that is just way way better than you could ever have imagined like you you become that monster yeah i think people people they are often miserable because they overcomplicated and they paint an image that's you know like let's say you were when i say image i mean i immediately thought about if you're going to paint something you know you'd start mm -hmm. with that's why it's called rgb you're right red green yeah. blue like just give 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 a person three colors and one uh brush and that's it and they can they can make something work mm -hmm. with that but give them I remember in art class when I was in primary school, you know, they give you all the colors, you know, one of those palettes yeah. with like 50 holes. It's like you get lost immediately because it's you've given the person too many options to choose from. And are, I don't know how the school system is in Australia. I would assume it's very similar to the way it's here. It's you, mm -hmm. you have primary school and then you go to, in our cases, we had high schools, which is called like gymnasium, yep. which it's not specific to something. It's not like you go to a high school for computer science, you just go to high school and they still give you English and physics and biology and this and this and that. Yeah, And yeah. it's only after that, which is like so nine years of primary school, four years of high school, and then I get to university, which is the first time I'm specifically going in a direction where I'm limiting myself for the further option. What I'm saying is I'm saying, okay, so I'm going to take all the options of the universe, all the options of the job. So yeah. I'm going to go and I'm going to go into one branch. And then depending on what that is, you've now got some leeway. As a medicine mixing, student, you can then choose like what specialization, yeah. let's say you're going to go in. But in case of... When mixing I was studying, the potatoes with the mash, right? Essentially, yeah. And when I went into the, study... The, the gravy with the mash. Gravy with the mash, yeah. And when I went to study English, it was like, well, wait a minute, I'm now suddenly really out of options. I can be a translator. I can be a teacher. Uh, mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. If I want to be a writer, I don't need to have a degree. I can just go and do that. If I want to be a, a public speaker, I don't need a degree for that. I don't see how it benefits me. And... It's it's creating this complexion where that I think what I get the feeling of is that I'm running out of time, and it's it's mm. not necessarily a bad feeling because it's it pushes me to you know, make more happen quicker. Um, yeah, but it's like I don't want to be thirty, thirty-five, forty years old and miserable. I don't want to be working a job that mm. I'm not fulfilled with and have yeah. have meaningless relationships and friends that don't strive for better and a body that doesn't mm -hmm. function and everything hurts. Like that's, it's not the goal. And yeah. a couple of days back, I had this, this just spur of the moment thought where I was like, holy shit, I know where I want to live. Just a random, moment. it had nothing to do with, you know, apartment or house or this. It was just like location, a specific place with a specific yeah. climate where I would want to live. And it was, and that's become a goal now. It's, it's in the back. I'm not thinking of it consciously all the time, but it's like, mm -hmm knowing that I'm moving in that direction, I also know what's required for it, how much that would cost, yeah. what that brings with it, right? You can break it down into smaller pieces from there, right? Yeah, but Cause, ultimately- Because I had the same thing, like exact same. I'm like, I know where I want to live in the long term. It's it's uncanny. I It's like the same thing. Uh, and it's like a little country town with uh, like enough infrastructure, but like- um, option for lots of all these different things and just like living not off the land, but you know, just 
just frugally and, and with, with a bit of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm what, what was, what I'm was tired yours? of the city. What was mine? Yeah. Um, well, actually, it, it, it started because Slovenia's got a lot of areas, but the area that I've spent the least amount of time in throughout my early life was the coastal region. And the first girlfriend I had was living, let's say, halfway towards the coastal region. So this is about 100 kilometers away from, from the capital, right? I live in the very center of Slovenia. And yeah. I, I love it here. I like it. I'm, on, I'm just on the outskirts um, to the east of the capital. We have, like, I have farms closer than I have the, the shopping mall. So I'm not what you'd say a city boy, right? But I like yeah. the location for, like, as a, as a source of relatively quality air and, and um, mm-hmm. as a logistical place. And if you want to go cycling, you have a lot of these options. But right now it's winter. It's mostly gloomy it's foggy it's cold and mm. I, it's miserable and i hate it and it's it's been painful to wake up in the morning and, and get to work because it's like you're just like, you know, it makes me feel of boston for whatever it's like the eastern part of america where it gets all cold and everybody's all grumpy and so the the relationship i was last in she lived or with the family obviously in completely the coastal region and often in the evenings we would take walks mm. with her dog and as I was on these little hills overlooking the ocean and the port and this, and we were talking, you know, you're in a relationship and you're chatting, oh, you know, I'd love to live here. Oh, I'm just going to have this house. And this was the first time that she thought to myself, wait a minute, I actually wouldn't mind that. Because a lot of the times women have these, you're in a relationship with a girl and she has these mm-hmm. dreams and she'll say, oh, but I want this and I want that. And most of the mm-hmm. time you just brush it off and like, yeah, whatever, we'll think about it when we get there. But something here made me go like, I stop there and I look at you know this one particular house, for example, which is a beautiful house mm. with a huge garden, you know, and a swimming pool and a beautiful view. And I'm thinking, fuck, I would actually really like being here. And yeah, it had less to do, in this case, with the girl, but mm-hmm. so much with the atmosphere that you almost. How did you find it? Did it like did it draw you in, or or it just made me, what? you know. You know the expression, working for the weekend? Um, yeah, yeah. I was, that part of my life, so basically the majority of last year for me, was living for the weekend with the weekend being the time I got to spend with her. Yeah. So I thought. But then I realized it was the, it was the energy that I received from her whole family, from the whole mm-hmm. environment. It was always sunny where they lived. Everywhere I went, you know, it was always just more, it just felt more, happy like i was soaking up energy from this environment Mm -hmm. and i i just saw a different light to life and it reminded me you know as a child we used to travel with family a lot to greece and i always joke that i would love to just live on a greek island somewhere in the middle of nowhere (laughs) because the people were just warmer you know people say i want to go to to sweden or switzerland or germany i'm thinking yeah but the majority of those people still are miserable, yeah. you know, because you get the snow and you get the fog and the gloomy days and the rain. It's just, ugh. like, I, I, I'm just not that kind of person. I want to wake up in the morning yeah. and I want to have no socks on my feet and I want to just feel warm and just ready to go out there and do whatever has to be done. Mm, yeah. And and this is what, what was so conflicting with me is because 
having to having to go and let go of this woman also meant letting go of that part which for me was like a safe haven you know sitting in a yeah. car for two hours to drive to whether it was her family mm. or the place where she studied hanging out like a happy the, place it was a really really happy place and he felt unnatural because everything was happening so quickly we got into a relationship very quickly mm. um i got accepted in a very warm way from her family and at the same time i'm thinking look i love this but when i'm spending time there i'm not working on myself i'm not developing a business or mm. you know i was just relaxing wasting it was time. like a, it was, i was wasting time unfortunately and mm. i realized that even though i want that feeling is like i maybe in the future right like maybe i'll earn the ability to get that back whether it's with her or somebody else or on my own yeah but i have to i felt like i wanted to earn it i didn't want it to be mm -hmm. oh i just happened to meet somebody and because it just so happened that her family is the way they are and they live where they do and they're the types of people they are that i got to sort of reap the benefits of meeting the right person at the right time it felt wrong it felt like i hadn't deserved to be in that position and I realized, like like we talked about before, is that mm -hmm. if I stayed in that limbo for the next two years, I would have still lost it. Sure, I would have gotten to enjoy it for another two years, but ultimately, I think it would have stung much more because I, it would make me feel even more like this mm -hmm. is what I want. And because two years had passed and I haven't made the progress required, it would now become less attainable. So... Yeah. At the moment, I look at it and I think to myself, well, maybe it's not an attainable goal to think you're going to get the exact thing back, but you can get something similar or perhaps even better. But you, you have to work. You have to work now and you have to start today, not tomorrow, not in a week, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've given myself one very specific goal. I won't say until when it is, but it's a very specific, very nice date. Sounds good. And I said, and I'm, I'm just, I have this uh, thing, I think it's Microsoft Tasks, and it's mm -hmm. brilliant. I just put in the goals and I'll just every, you know, because I thought every day you have hundreds of ideas and every time one of them spurs into my head, I'll just type it down. I'll just say, okay, so by that date, I want to have, let's say a new car. I'll just write it down. Mm -hmm. And then we'll start ticking them off. You know, one by one, we'll start ticking them off. But I want to have also a overview so that when I look back at it, it isn't just, oh, he, here's, you know, 50 YouTube videos I've uploaded. I want it to be more chronological, more specific, so that you can really see the progress of me as a person, all the things I've accomplished. Yeah. Um, I want to feel like I've deserved that which I've gotten, which mm -hmm. in that state of life, which I had last year, was wonderful, but I didn't deserve a thing I got. And I also, I wasn't treating people around me the same way. I was being toxic to this girl. I was mm -hmm. being disrespectful to her. I was being um, just unfair. And that's not the person that you want to be, you know? And no, it, that's the monster, but it's out of control. That's the even worse. I think that's the, the, yeah, not just out of control, but also I think a yeah. immature version of the monster, you know, mm -hmm. because I wasn't striving for those things. I find important. I wasn't uh, doing any bike races. I wasn't uh, like, it was funny, you know, she was, she was trying to get me like to start working out. She was like, Hey, look, you've, you've, you've been, sick a lot this year you keep getting these colds you're all you know scrooty mm -hmm. and, and and weak you should start working out and usually when we get advice like that from 
those that we find closest, we tend to ignore it. It's tough to digest, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it hurts in a way and you're like, you know, screw you, I'm not going to yeah. listen to your advice. It almost feels like you're not good enough. Yeah. Instead of, hey, come and improve, come and, come and be a better version of yourself. It, it sounds the opposite, doesn't it's it? It's because these are things you have to just get. You can't be told. Mm. And, and this is what so many relationships, they die off of because it's because you yeah. can't have the woman tell you what you must do in order for her to feel more attracted to you. This is the, I believe it's called that observating, observing rather, changes the process, right? So if you want to be that better person, you just have to get it. You have to just understand what has to be done. You can't have, and this is, the, unfortunately, the dynamics between the sexes. It just, mm -hmm. you know, men, we're satisfied. Like, this girl, I'll like her, whether she's, you know, whichever specialization she chooses, whether she's a mm -hmm. hairdresser, I don't care. She could be homeless for all I know, and I'll still be attracted to her. But for her to be attracted to you, you have to provide some sort of value. You have to be... Yeah. Yeah. And um, At least on a surface level, yeah. Well, at least, okay, I would, you don't, maybe you don't have to be yet, but she, mm -hmm. you have to be able to first convince her that you're the person who will be able oh, to become. Yeah, it definitely applies there, yeah. for sure. And this is the problem, me being a good salesman, I can sell <laughs> myself in, in various ways. And it's one thing to sell a promise, it's another to actually fulfill it. And I noticed that I wasn't, I wasn't doing the latter, you know, that yeah. I was, I was promising her alive and, and you ultimately realize that it falls back to i think it's what, what do they say it's like when you really love something let it go um mm -hmm. and that that shit stings like it hurts but you you just have to get through it and ultimately i think if you do it well there will be mm -hmm. uh and this has happened to me once before where i then received the message from said person they're like oh my god you've become so motivated like i'm so happy for you blah blah <laughs> blah you know and it's like yeah i have you know, and, and I'm not mm -hmm. stopping now. I'm going to keep on going. So it's, uh, is the pain you, you, as a man, I think you're constantly converting pain and misery and all these things into the active energy, which you can then use to, to bait yourself. And that will, it's the hard, hard times that make strong men. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shall we wrap things up? Absolutely. We've gone on for two hours and 15 minutes. It, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a wonderful conversation. Uh, we started off a little bit confused, but I think that's the, that's the essence of, of trying to do something. Like oh, this. We've got to find our feet somehow and yeah. then we make the most of it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'll, I want to thank you for taking the time. I don't know when this is going to be going to be uploaded, but I'll make sure to get all the, um, all the links and all the mm -hmm. timestamps so that people can actually get through it in a uh, lively manner of those are maybe a topic that we yeah. skip or are more interested yeah. in. Uh, there were some issues with the webcam in between. On your case, mm. it was getting a little bit uh, low, lower quality because of the program that we're using to sort this out. Maybe that will change yeah, in the future. Yeah, I noticed. It is, it's just the, the essence of, you know, being in the opposite side of the world, I guess. I um, I think so. I think, um, I don't know, like my, my, up, my upload is, is fine now. I've got like... Fuck, I can't remember how much it's. It's good now. Like I can, I've paid a paid a bit more, got a bit more better um, bandwidth, and and like my PC is perfectly fine with doing it. I don't know. Maybe it's a bit of a bug with the with the server that's mm -hmm. in between us. But you know what? It's the stuff you figure out. It's the stuff you play around with, right? 
like um, on one last tangent, my PC, like RTX 4090, but I've got a thousand watt power supply and the thousand watt power supply is fine, um, except it makes a crackling noise at about 250 watts um, on the GPU. And I'm like, well, you know, that probably shouldn't happen, but it's one of the things that you sort of go through and, and figure out and and sort of it, it teaches you a bit more, right? It teaches yeah. you how to troubleshoot better. It mm. teaches you to be patient. It teaches you how to find workarounds. And it's good. And that's what we come here to talk about. Yeah, I love that. And I'm, I'm for sure going to have you on here again, uh, maybe <laughs> even in a live format so we get questions from everybody. Uh, for the rest yeah. of you, if you do have any questions, you can always put them in the comment section below and I either me or Spit will get to them. And uh, I'll be there. Yeah, so... Thanks for taking the time and um, be good, man. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good chatting with you again. All right. Cheers, man. Thank you.